Welcome to Facehammer, an Age of Sigmar podcast, bringing you product reviews, news from the UK tournament scene, as well as some pro hobby tips. So stay tuned and get ready for some hammer to your face. Welcome to Face Hammer. It's me, Russ the Face, and I'm joined by Byron Fish Ord, and also it is a special occasion. It's what everyone's been waiting for. It's the return of the Jew, the nose, the man himself, <laughs> Les Liberator Martin. Hello. Yeah, I'm back. <laughs> We've dragged you away from a D20. <laughs> Come back to the D6. Right there in my hands. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit like, you know, the whole bowling for Columbine thing. You'll have to prize it out of my cold, dead hands. That's what it was like. The thing is, no, when you were going into schools, dead. chucking handfuls of D- D20s at children, <laughs> and we had to, they had to review the Constitution and decide that actually it's probably... It's probably not appropriate that everyone's got the right to a D20. Everyone does have the right to a D20, but we shouldn't necessarily try and encourage them, I don't think. No, especially in schools. No. People well, get bullied enough. He, I don't know. You just um, convinced me back. It was after, years. like, you said, like, Storm Cafe off, come back, you've got an army. <laughs> yeah. Shh. Shh. People don't know. <laughs> Rubbish. <laughs> We won't give it away or anything when we reveal what all of us are painting or assembling. I'm not assembling anything. It's a complete lie. Okay. Nothing. I didn't. Did I tweet a picture of me with all my box sets so people know what I'm doing? It's a silly, silly move. It, it could be a complete um, wild card, and I've gone look. I've taken a picture of all this stock, then I've returned it and got something else. <laughs> Oh, yeah. wait, that's just normal. Should I just go into work every single day and work on misinformation for the podcast? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just putting out the misinformation out there. Yep. Yeah, all the people that, that can't think for themselves start running around going, oh, they're collecting that, I best collect this. That's, that's, that's how we clear your stock, really. Greg and I started Element Games, it's because he, he wanted to help me with my very, very long-term plan for getting uh, getting really subversive at tournaments. Yeah, it's legit. Yeah. People should go to Element Games by Archeon, because he's fucking huge. Speaking of Element Games and Archeon and other stuff, Element Games are the show sponsors, as you should know by now. If you don't, then you, you obviously, that's good for us, because you'll be a new customer. So <laughs> uh, go to elementgames.co.uk and get uh, 20% off all AOS new releases. Pretty Which much. is £20 off Archeon. Because 20, yeah, £20 of 1p. My God. Um... <laughs> So you can get Archeon, and you can get um, the new Battletome Archeon book, and the Varengard, which look awesome. They also look misspelled. I I can't do that name in my head. Varengard? Yeah, it just... I thought that was because I saw a leaked thing of the German. Not not of a German leak, but like the leaked picture of the German war scroll. And I was like, Varengard? Is that German for like something else? Like... Yeah, like I suppose they weren't called like Brits and Demons or something. That yeah. would be cool. Yep. Um, on the subject of Archeon, <laughs> if people want to make his postage free, buy one single fucking magnet, you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> they cost fourteen p. Get over yourselves. It's just that's this cunning some, ploy. That's some real love from the store owner right there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> your brains. This is going in. I'm not editing this. That's fine. <laughs> There's no editing on this show. It's it's raw, live. It's not live. 
I can't We're not going to turn into Heathen Hammer. Oh, it's live. It's not. It's a pre-recorded show. <laughs> We've... Um, yeah, that's a sneaky top tip. So you can get a magnet that costs you. Is that the cheapest thing on your website? Uh, yeah, one of the magnets will be. It'll it'll cost you minus two pounds seventy, basically. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure there'll be a. There, I mean, you could put like something on there for one p. Uh, oh no, no, you've got a magnet for thirteen p. Yep. You got one for ten p. Eight <laughs> pence. We have a winner. Yep. There you oh, go. Eighty pence, would it? To say, oh no, well, I, I can't do maths. What? Yeah, yeah, eight p's bigger than one, Les. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, brings us nicely onto the t- the title of the show, which is Storm Death. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we're all we're all sat around paying, and basically we thought we should probably record. So this is going to be roughly about what we're all doing currently, which is paying, assembling, and this. writing lists for Stormcasts. Yeah. Um, although uh, Les is probably going to be the only one going 100% balls deep all Stormcasts, correct? No, I think so. Yeah. I think it's mostly down to the fact that when the AOS stuff came out, I splurged a load of money on them, didn't I? And then sort of yeah. fell out of love with the game because they didn't have all you the... You haven't played the game. The cool no, but, I mean, the Stormcasts. I did play the game. I played 12 games. Did you? Yeah, 12 games. That's more than I've played, Les. You're a pro. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, so wind your fucking neck in, Russ. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> Hang on, everyone's had their poos now. We should all be happy. Stop bickering. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not pent up anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically you've been playing, like, you decided to come back to Stormcast. I think the new characters, I've said on the other show, have made them just more interesting. That's the thing. When, when, when I was playing them, they didn't have, uh, they didn't have any of the characters released, did they? So it was just a case of, I was just using, like, the starter set and a few other bits and bobs, um, and playing them a bit sort of grindy. And I was a bit like, well, perhaps I should, you know, look at the, look at the Dark Elves. Um, but then I sort of thought, well, if I'm going to look at the Dark Elves, then it might be a good idea just to get them rebased, which then nearly all rebased, and then sort of jump in when the, the Aleph release, or whether they're going to be called Aleph's. I don't know, Alphs. Oh, you're yeah. not not if you're talking about Infinity then. No, no, I, I don't know. Yes, I automatically sort of uh, default to Infinity talk at the moment. But um, I think it is going to be pronounced Elves. It's just copyright free Elves. Legally distinct. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I figured it, it, it would make sense for me to sort of like wait and not do not sort of like throw many stuff that I because I've already got all the the dark elf stuff I need and. I've already got like a lot of Stormcast stuff, and I took a bit of a breather um, and stuff. And me and you were talking after you come back from Blood and Glory, and you said, "Oh, sort of like uh, one list in particular was would seem pretty fun um, and bits and pieces." And I was like, "Well, I've got a, I've got a Stormcast army. All I need to do is drop nearly as much as the army cost on characters, and then um, <laughs> I can." Then They're not cheap. One easy step. Yeah. Yeah, one easy step. By four hundred pounds. While we're talking about cheap um yeah. we should talk a little bit about some of the shit that's been happening before we get into like our main the main show i know this is kind of a mini so type thing maybe it's a main yeah. show in fact knows it's free content um the sound quality might be a bit dodgy because we're going to be doing hobbies you'll hear like knocks and chips and things like that as we're putting down clippers and things um normally i don't record i don't do anything when recording so i can avoid that but 
obviously I don't want to I want to crack on with what I'm doing which is Stormcast as well um, <laughs> home episode. so before we get into it um, what I would say is at the, the Games Workshop just released a new box set called the Stormcast Eternal expansion box and this is really good value especially if you buy it on Animate Games it's like it's like 99 pounds and 99 pence but you basically get 10 judicators and you get five retributors. Um, you get the dude, um, I always called the, the lantern guy with his griff hound and free prosecutors. So it's, That's it's stuff. well over 130 quid's worth of stuff. It's on the way to quite a lot of their battle scrolls. Yeah. And if you've got the starter set, it rounds out the starter set really nicely, which I guess is the idea of the box set, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's really, it's really good. I, uh, think it's, it's potentially I would have done it earlier, but it's it's a good release, I think. And I own it, you own it. Are you, have you got it, Les, or did you get all the stuff beforehand? I got all the stuff beforehand, haven't I? It's like I've, the only thing I haven't got are the extra prosecutors, but because I had those with the starter set. But yeah, I um I bought a you lot. Didn't do I, what I did and bought the whole lot, and then a day later the box comes out, <laughs> and then you're like, <sighs> and then I bought the box anyway. And you're like, woo, reinforcements. <laughs> yeah, I add the box to my more boxy stuff. Yeah. It's, I think the I would have probably if I hadn't have got everything already I, I would have definitely on yeah. um, that route because I think there's a lot of stuff in there that you need. I mean I really like the the is it the Castellan the guy with the, the yeah, dog is, foot yeah. yeah yeah um, I think he's pretty cool in the game and you know I, I really like the model um, so I think and the Judicator models are pretty cool too and I think they're quite good in the game as well so I, I think they're essential got, they really are yeah I mean. I found I've enjoyed my games a lot more, including the Archer guys. When me and you played Last Rest, I think it was quite. They they did sort of like they had their own. I think mm. um, I can't imagine the list of eight, sort of like ten of them, either in fives or one unit. So yeah, I think yeah, I think tens a bit of them really. But they got lovely range. They got oh. fucking sick range. Yeah, yeah. and and for those Chaos players out there, there was also a Bloodbound one. Um, I'm not sure. Like from from my point of view. You get a load of like blood warriors and a load more blood reavers, three crushers, uh, five um, skull reapers or um, wrath mongers, whatever they're called. And you get that character that was released during the end times. So it's called I don't know what he is, but Scar Blood Wrath, is it? That guy. Yeah, the one with the big swingy. Yeah, I'm not very impressed with this box set. Agreed. Because I think. For a few things, one, if you've got the starter set, why would you want a load more of the standard guys you get in the starter set? I understand, like, the Blood Warriors, but Blood Reavers are awful. Like, in the game, they're just, they're just complete junk. I don't know why you'd want them. Um, the character as well, why not put one of the cool new characters in the box? Yeah. You know, I mean, you've got, like, the Slaughter Priest, who's amazing. You know, you've got the Skull Grinder, you've got the Deathbringer would have been really nice in there. Um... But they've put Scar Blood Wrath in there, which I honestly hate that model. Um, That's the guy falling over on it that looks like he's a bit sort of special. Yeah, he's got like demonic red feet. So he looks like he's got his red dancing shoes on. It's not the guy with a. Isn't, that's not the dude with a balloon, is it? No, that's. No, that's the one I no, thought That's was. the skull grinder. He would have been better, at least, because he's new. The Scar Blood Wrath was released during the end times. I don't really right. get that. I think the Slaughter Priest would have been the best one to put in there, because he's the best model. Yeah, he is awesome. Um, but yeah, so there is obviously another expansion box. and Games Workshop did some Black Friday stuff and some army deals, didn't they? Yeah, actual yeah. actual savings. Yeah. Of a bit. 
Um, should we talk about? Um, sorry, the, go on. sorry, yeah, I quite like the Wood Elf one. I think it was. Oh, sorry, the, the the Dryad Army one. I thought that was pretty good. You got quite a lot in there. As yeah, well. I think that's sold out. Uh, well, was that a Black Friday deal? Or was that what you told about the bundle? Black, I think that one and the Dwarf one sort of like mm. sort of hurt my ears a bit. But yeah, I heard about Dan mentioned the Dwarf one on Hedenhammer, but I didn't see it. But um, there are some army bundles on the website still, but it's all like random stuff. Yeah. So I don't sure if you actually get any discount on these at all. Nah, probably not. Probably not. But yeah, quite interesting. Um, if you were around buying stuff at that time, but should we talk about probably the chaos releases that are coming? Yeah. Or should yeah. We, we should probably mention it, shouldn't we? Archeon. Yeah. Archeon, awesome. Uh, Just bloody huge. Re- like there's a. 90 minute video out from GW as well yeah and I skipped through it but it looks amazing I, uh, Russ and I were watching it yesterday and both of us were just saying how it, I would genuinely be happy to just sit down for a day or two and try and mash out through that following the video and just copy it and go step by step because they do some talent and what <laughs> I really like about it is that as well. I'll just dry brush this everywhere yeah It'll be fine I, what I like about it is you don't really need to be an amazing painter like to follow it. I think you just need good brush control and you're fine. He's got fucking sick brush control. He, he has, all that, yeah. All that stuff with cameras around him and whatever and trying was, to keep it in the same place for the camera. He's got such good brush control. I liked it when he got to the end and it's like, now I'm going to paint neat Remifist on red in all the cracks. <laughs> like, it was like, to you, really? <laughs> Respect. Uh, <laughs> said to me before we come on, he was like, oh, he goes, that guy has got balls of steel to be doing that. I have to spend time just doing it. But I mean, even the, the sort of, like I was saying to Byron, I don't know if you've seen the rest, the, the advent calendar videos that they've been putting up at the moment, they're really, really good. They're like, um, each day they're on their YouTube, is it? Yeah, a little five, five minute, ten minute video each day. And the first one was sort of like, apparently they were like, people wrote in and asked questions, which I completely missed. But like. Is this um, all on what's new today? Because I don't um, really look at it. Yeah, but it's like, he's done stuff like, they're answering all the questions and stuff that like a, a GW hobbyist would love. Like, I think the first one's like, how to paint white scar armor or how to paint world eater armor. Where do you go to see these then? Um, they come out through the GW emails, I think, during the day. But they're on the, the Warhammer TV. So it's on YouTube? YouTube. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Right, okay. And so, yeah, like, they've done, like, the white scar, it's how to paint white scar armor, and it's like, he goes through it, says, like, you know, a really methodical way of doing it that is pretty, really good results, something to be honest. I was going to say pretty cool, but, um, and, yeah, they've done that. They've done how to paint, like, tail armor. Oh, they've um, done the head... Celestial Vindicators tail armor, the ones that you're doing. Yeah, has he done that, has he? Yeah, that's today's. Different is, I imagine, because I do that weird mix, don't I, with model colour yeah, paints and stuff. Green. No, it's actually some some bird on it. Is it? Bizarrely, yeah. A female painter, not there painting birds all over the models. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just the people knew what I meant. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so she's painting. It's not the uh, Anya, someone or other, the heavy metal one, is it? No, no, no. Oh, she's. I think she's one of the web people. So, but she's she's doing that. So they've obviously That's got cool. someone else in to help with the amount of videos. You probably find maybe the the, the normal Duncan Rhodes, isn't it? Normally he probably needs a break after painting Archeon. Yeah, <laughs> he's probably Archeon down. He's limped home. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's got the day off because he's well. That's probably what it is. He's probably got a day off or something because you know he can't handle the 
is our making from holding that Archeon model. <laughs> yeah. That's a good um, idea, though. I like that they're doing, uh, they're doing the ones, Les was saying, they're doing the ones that would be the frequently asked questions. How do I paint white? How do I paint yellow being towel, white scars, and, and going to that stuff, I think. Grey Knight Silver is one that I think is really good and get that blue sort of like the blue tint to the Grey Knight armour. Yeah. Um, it's not stuff that essentially that, you know, that I sort of like probably benefit from straight away, but. Have you uh, seen Black Library doing it as well? No. They're doing, um, um, a advent calendar short stories. Okay, cool. Um, and Rob Perrin mentioned as well that they were doing a sort of like an army builder or something like an app and you can get sort of like a, um, you know, obviously not, not the, the Warhammer app that we've got, the ALS app. He said that you could buy sort of like for £2.50 sort of like the, the corn bloodbound bit and then we could like subscribe and get for 30 something pound and get them all at the end. I think that's in the, um, are you talking about the, the war scrolls and the formations? Cause that's on the Warhammer app. Some of the formations you have to pay for. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cause I, I bought the formations on the app for, uh, on Black Friday for the, the Sigma, so what they call fucking Stormcast. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. They've got like corn, painting guides and stuff like that on the advent calendar so I'm not quite sure what's going on there it's really good their, more, their videos are pretty good I've not seen these ones but if they're anything like their, their normal quality then they do a good job of whatever they do yeah I really rate the Warhammer TV um, sort of adverts so um, what about like Christmassy stuff if we, we haven't really spoke about did we spoke about the sack you get the sack don't you if you spend 100 quid that's probably about all I said about that. I think um, <laughs> at Blood and Glory, one of the guys had his terrain in one of the sacks. Yeah. Um, it's just basically like a big Hessian sack with a drawstring. Um, so I don't know really what use it's for. It'd be quite cool for kiddies though, wouldn't it? If you had your big like swag bag of, of, of stuff. You'd be the coolest kid on the block. Yeah, not really. I think if you're buying your kids stuff like that for Christmas, I think it's quite cool to... Yeah, you know, you're spending a hundred pounds on plastic, you might as well get a sack for it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Archeon, the 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 model, yeah, it's awesome. You can look at it; it's 14 inches tall. Blah 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 blah. It's 80 quid um, with discount. Um, Awesome. Um, I'm not going to talk about its rules really. I think probably do that later on when we when we talk about maybe the battle tone when that comes out because that's out next weekend, I think. When you go and buy them, you mean this? Oh, shut up! I'm trying not to. You're gonna the Varengard are just like, oh my god. That's so good model. On the side to them, um, I think they are awesome. I love them, but my fucking god, are they busy models. Like, what What are your guys' thoughts on that? Do you just um, not care? or They're no I, more busy than a Chaos Knight. The Chaos, no. Knights, uh, 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 the mm-hmm. Chaos Knight themselves are just a nightmare. Yeah, I don't like the old Chaos Knights. I haven't painted 15 of them that was enough for me. And I just think that these are so much more dynamic looking. I think that you, you hold your interest a little bit more. And I think you'd, you've only got to paint three and they're all yeah, like yeah. painting characters. Basically it's like it's three like different characters. Bounce, yeah. And I think they're interesting enough. You're not, because the problem with like the chaos Knights, they've got loads of trim on them and loads yeah. of stuff on them and they're boring. Whereas yeah. these guys are not boring in any way, they're shape or form. Fun. Um, I, I think these are fantastic models and they're really useful in the game. Really, really useful. Um, I think they're a bit heavy on the price mark, but that's me perhaps being tight. But just I think if you, if you're willing to pay, not Australian. <laughs> yeah, I think if you're willing to pay 20 quid for a foot stormcast dude with a cloak, 
paying 20 quid for a mounted demonic um, Chaos Warrior. Yeah, I just, I suppose I look at it and go like, you're going to want two boxes of them and our kale, and then you've then probably you spent like, 200 quid basically. Yeah, on like seven models, and that's probably be all you have. To be honest, I think it's just the way it's going. Like, I mean, I mean, like the Stormcast stuff that I got, even at discount prices, it's cost me well over like 400 quid for the army. Yeah, like if I added price. it all up together, it's 400 pounds. Yeah, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> I want to think about it. Don't um, talk. <laughs> it's just it's just how expensive it is. I think it just you either pay it or you don't. I mean, there are some pretty sexy budget armies <laughs> out there, but they're all the older stuff right yeah. now. I just you know, I think if you've got the disposable income, it, it the matter. But you know, oh, I yeah. mean, not, for I'm me, like I I kind of would rather have better quality models and buy less than have. Like really shit quality and be able to buy more. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, we're we're painters, aren't we? So that's probably always going to be the way. I work. Like, I mean, uh, yeah, you're always going to want a better quality model, like you know. I think like, even though I win debate, like the, the general cost of it, it's a bit sort of like. I, I suppose it's in my head. I'd have been like, yeah, I'd pay fifty quid for that, and it's always like about twenty quid more, or about that little bit more than I'd deem fair, but. Yeah, I think 60 is a bit steep for these guys. I mean, yeah. I think if they I were... Was six. Huh? I thought there was 70. No, 60. Oh, that's, that's, that's not too bad, though. Still pretty expensive, dude. Yeah. I mean, I think, again, you know, obviously if you get them from an independent retailer, you can save a hefty amount of money, so it's not too bad. Because yeah, you, you, you can get them for, like, basically 47.99 off Element, and that's basically... Yeah, that's um, do sort of what I would expect them to be from a Games Workshop, like fifty quid. <clears throat> so they kind of just they're putting like a twenty percent markup on what people. Um, but hey ho, uh, the battle tome is going to be interesting because there's also there's a model that I did put. Did you see the picture I put in WhatsApp? Yeah, man. Yeah, looks just... awesome. And that's the um, gaunt summoner of Zinch. It's been leaked. And... Does anyone else think it looks like the guy with the hands from Pan's Labyrinth a little bit? A little bit, but he's he's actually one of the Black Library short stories has got his face on it. Okay. As a cover. And that was a, released a while ago. But I think um <clears throat> I what I really like about this model is it looks like one of the nineteen eighties Chaos Warrior modernised. It's yeah. just yeah, I was just saying it it's really old school. I'm not so sure about the things attached to the side of his head. Um, I quite Russ, like it. And Russ and I were saying that potentially you could, if that was mine, I may well chop those off and just smooth them down. But uh, I, the overall feeling of the model, just the fact that something with this like old school like nineteen whatever's fantasy yeah. book cover styley model is now in plastic, I think is fantastic. I'm all over that shit. The only thing I think I'd change is I'm not a big fan of the way that the disc joins to the base. Yeah, but you can change. Yeah, it's changeable. Get your on. Yeah, I'd put like a, a brass rod or something because I think it, I don't like that whole sort of bit. It's all arc staying off the disc, but that's probably just me being a bit picky. But I think it's weird because they're making an effort for anything flying. It's rather than for flying bases having a part of the model that attached it to the base. Yeah, it, it so makes it more long long lived, doesn't it? And if you're thinking about selling to people who are younger or less able hobby wise, you're just less likely to have something irreparably broken. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I, I think as well, like, it, 
just looks better than having like plastic stems. Yeah. Um, but what my favourite bit of the model is probably his back. Oh god. Because if you look at the back where you've got all his oh. shoulders and stuff, you've got really, really nice um, armour that you could paint in, in non-metallic metal style. Um, just really like when you nice. look at the back of a backhawk in the, sh- in the shoulder sections and it just looks right and you want to paint it and you want to make it look nice. Yeah. Awesome. I, do, I do really like this model. I think it's really... It's one of those inch models that they've released that I've actually like because I don't like the old the sort of the plastic saucer on foot model. I didn't no. think much of that. He Where looks. Can people find the pictures of this, Russ? Is it just on Twitter? It's on Twitter, basically. Um, we can tweet it from our Facehammer account, I suppose. Um, yep. And then people can look at it there. But I, I just the problem I've got is that you go. I can't really Google it because it's all basically hidden. Um, but I'm sure by the time this shows out, it'll be up on the GW website. Yeah. I imagine it'll be up next weekend for pre-order. Yeah. Um, but he's in the Battle Tome Archeon, so that's cool. Um, I think that I'm quite excited about getting the Battle Tome. There is a limited edition one, and I'm trying not to buy it. You know you're going to do it, man. You I just, just, I, it's like we're talking about this now, and I know, Byron knows, and you know that you're doing an Archeon on It's going to happen. <laughs> well, I, I want to revisit my worries, but... I, I just looking at the the, the actual the, one of the big things about this limited edition box that appeals to me is the art prints. Yeah, because they're really nice, and I'm the like, I've just started putting up pictures in my hobby room um, of art prints. So I've got from Black Library. There's like a Stormcast one, the boy Paul Dayton, who's one of my favourite artists, and I've got that to go up in my hobby room. And I looked at the prints, and I'm going, they're Age of Sigmar artwork, but they're really high quality. Um, and they would look really nice framed. Because I got the end times ones, and they're, some of them are a bit boring. They're kind of, they're not very interesting. I quite like the end times ones that you had with that Archaeon book and stuff. They were pretty cool. Yeah. But I, I kind of, the art print's kind of the thing that really does it for me. But you get like a comic book in there as well, and you get some random like tokens. Okay. With like this new stylized chaos symbol on it for Archeon. Is Paul um, Dayton, off the top of your head, the one who did the uh, the last High Elf cover? Yes. Oh yeah. He's, so he did he did a lot of the High Elf stuff. Um, did a lot of the Necron stuff. And a lot of the um, Eldar stuff. His stuff kind of looks a little bit, kind of, if, if almost ethereal, but not. It's really weird. His stuff. It's just got a style that I really like. It just it just appeals to me. I got to chat to him at one of the. Open days, oh, right. a few years ago. Really nice guy, and uh, yeah, doesn't doesn't look like a uh, like a nerd at all. <laughs> um, and then he was telling me how I saw the original print for the High Elf one, and it's bloody tiny. And he just said he, he just had to work at that size because he was working to time limit. And if it was bigger, he would have fussed about detail more. And the actual High Elf, because uh, I think it was a traditional painting, the High Elf one. Uh, yeah. Um, it's like slightly bigger than A4 or something like that, and I was just amazed. And getting to speak to the person who did it, of course, adds a little bit to it. But I, his style is beautiful; it's absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, I'm a big fan of of his artwork. Um, he's probably one of he's probably since Mark Gibbons in the early days. He's probably one of the artists now that that I look for his stuff. I mean, Adrian Smith and Mark Gibbons were two artists that I had a lot of respect and time for. But um, Paul's basically up there as well, so. Um, Did he yeah. do the door cover as well? I couldn't tell you. 
I couldn't tell you. Um, I find it because they, they didn't they stop putting who drew what on the in the books and stuff. And he wrote the actual book and stuff. It's all gone from it now. Yeah, it? I think so. But um, he he's got you know the um, the artwork I'm talking about is the blood first who's being attacked by the stormcast guy with a hammer, and it's got like it's got like a sweeping curve of men, and then in the sky there's all the angels flying. That's his. It's really nice. You can get yeah, on epic. black. Uh, yeah, it's really epic. That's kind of actually that's some, a lot of his epic scenes. So I remember there was one which was like the um, Necron city, and it's got like the monolith, and it's got like the Nightbringer above it and stuff. That was his, and that that's really epic. That's cool. That one, I know the one you mean. Yeah, and like I think that's kind of the thing I really like is those sort of epic backgrounds. Um, I think are really interested, and there's got some more of, story to them. Yeah, they're more busy, so there's more stuff to look at, and it kind of goes heralds back to the the artwork that I really liked when I was younger, like the Realm of Chaos cover, which had the great and clean one with all the warriors in front of it. And then you had the the Space Orc box set cover. Um, mm. And those sort of, where they're, they're really busy, but there's there's a lot to look at. Um, yeah. I think some of, the, some of the artwork is just absolutely amazing. I wish they sold more prints. Um, I should probably talk about it. They've outsourced it to this company called WarhammerArt.com. And you can buy like old GW artwork in like yeah, canvas prints and like things. Two hundred of the original Rogue Trader or something like that. I think yeah. recently they some. I think they're all limited edition, but you can get like old book covers and some of them are like I just don't understand why you'd spend a hundred quid on it. But others I could understand it. Like the Rogue Trader cover, I could kind of understand that. It doesn't really hold anything special for me. I never played it. It wasn't something I had as a kid, um, so I wouldn't pay for it. But if you were, uh, if it was like your sort of first thing you got into the hobby, like eighty quid for a framed print, I think the frame print's like a hundred or canvas print's like eighty. It's not too bad. But yeah. if you're getting it in like a three size, but you can get it in like bigger sizes, and one of them's like two hundred and fifty pounds. I mean, um, in the grand scheme of things, I've paid more for prints. You know, yeah. the yeah. other stuff that I'm into and stuff. So I mean, I think I got limited edition prints of uh, a tattooist that I like. And I was paying, I think it was 160 pain a print. Yeah. yeah, it's for for limited edition stuff. It's fairly standard, unless you're in, I don't know, like the comic book industry, in which case you're just looking at thousands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think I paid what the commission I had from. I got a Frank Miller knockoff commission. That guys like done the same style, and I paid, God, too much for it. Five hundred pain. But, but that's because no, that's, that's what I'm into, and it's just like I don't well, understand. Well, to me, yeah. it's like if you got if it's what you want on your wall. I mean, it's no different than buying any nice piece of artwork to go on your wall. It's worth it, isn't it? If you're looking at it every day. Yeah, definitely. If you're into that sort of thing, I mean, why not spend it? It's something that is. I mean, I've got no problem with spending any sort of money on art, you know, really, because it's no. you know it's a piece of art. I mean, you know. Like, no, I think I think some of the some of the stuff. I mean, Black Library. I mean, I think it's an absolute bargain. On the Black Library site is where I got my Stormcast one from. I don't, they've only got fifty. I don't know if they've got any left, but they had. Um, they do like a war. You can go on their website, which is now a lot easier to browse because it was a nightmare before. I used to hate it. Um, they do something called gallery prints, and there's one, the one I've got, and it's twenty-seven fifty, and it's just, just really nice for that money. I mean, for that sort of money, it's like. It's an absolute bargain, I think. I don't, you know, that's delivered as well. There's no postage, so it's twenty-seven fifty delivered. I bought a frame for a tenner off Amazon, 
So basically, like, for 37 quid, or, or basically 40 pounds, I've got a nice piece of art to hang on my wall, which I think is reasonable, you know? Yeah, it's fine, isn't it? It's not going anywhere, it's there forever. Yeah, and it's a really interesting picture as well. Um, so it's, anyway, I can talk about art for donkey's years if you really want to. That's, that's <laughs> a lot of new releases we've covered there. Like, uh, there's it, quite it's a bit crazy, going on. It's Christmas, I suppose. Yeah, but I mean, specifically skewed towards fantasy, they've been mm. raining back on, on 40k so, after the robots. What about the rangefinder? Do you, um, you believe want to discuss the, the flaming dwarf sprue as well? Yeah, I think we should, because yeah, I'm, actually. this is, I'm well excited about this one. I know. And this is, this is the new design direction we talked about, isn't it? It's that there's a piece of artwork in the Warhammer book, which is the, if people, the Warhammer Age of Sigma book, which is the first big book that come out for Age of Sigma. And it's got a, um, like a salamandry type thing being attacked by a dwarf leaping through the air with basically like flaming beard and mohawk. And this model is basically that, um, is that guy. Um, it's a flaming dwarf. But it looks like they've got elements of chaos dwarf and dwarf and just shoved it together and then made it more like demonic. I think it looks really good. I, I'm not sold on a lot of these sort of spree picks because it, but looking at the way that that model, it looks like he's striding forward with his legs. Yeah. You know, because he's obviously a bit bow-legged like most dwarves. But it, I just think it's going to be pretty impressive when it's done. And rumor mongers are led to believe it's what January or February dwarves are next. Probably. I mean, that you probably find that there's a big design push with them. Um, that's probably. I would be surprised to see most of the dwarf range disappearing. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, to be honest, there isn't really that much new stuff for them. I mean, and cynical people out there who were talking about the Black Friday deal, some of them may have been to get rid of old stock. Uh, yeah. Maybe. You know, because the Dwarf one was mentioned as being particularly good. Yeah. Maybe they're clearing that out so they can uh, get ready for the new design. Um, who knows? Do you think that they've been off the, the new hammer kits and the iron drakes and stuff, or do you think there's more the classic-looking Tolkien dwarves that they're going to... I think they've been off... Well, I, I'm, I'm speculating. I hope they've been it all off and they go yeah. new. Because let's be honest, they don't really fit anymore, do they? No. Um, I think you, it's, it's fine no. if you want to play with your old models and stuff, but I've been waiting for something exciting to happen to dwarves for probably about 15 years. Um, yeah. I think I think there was a period. I think there was three army books come out, like the fourth ed book, the the fifth ed book, the sixth ed book, and the seventh ed book. Basically, could have been the same book. Like yeah. there was literally Eight no difference. Either. I mean, it, you added gyrocopters, and it it still didn't change that much. Well, they weren't even added. They, the gyrocopters are not new. They've never. No. They've been around since fourth I'm, edition. Yeah, I know. But I mean, how they played, like nothing. Well, they changed slightly, but. I mean, they've still got a lot of the same. They went back to the old rules with the bombing run and stuff. Yeah. And that's all basically the... the but the, um, the 8th edition book was a lot different. There was a lot of new stuff. But again, it's just infantry and a couple of war machines. But, you know, you're going back... What I'm talking about is the one that was before that. That book. Yeah. It wasn't really any difference to it. Um, so it wasn't until they did the hardback one that really anything really interesting happened with the dwarves. It was always the same. Oh, okay. So there's no new units. I actually don't think they added any new units from no. 5th edition to 7th edition. I honestly don't think they did. I might be wrong, but I don't think they did. 
I don't think any new units. These first new units they released were the Iron Drakes and the like the different types of like dropper ship things. Yeah. And that's it really. It's pretty pretty dire, isn't it? I mean you think about it. When you think that like I think any most people out there would say like they hate dwarves and they don't like dwarves, but I think generally speaking they're the most characterful sort of race that they have. I think they're they one of those armies that you hate because they're boring as they're dull as dishwater to play against to play with in the older editions, obviously not now. Um, but also the fact that you love them because the background and the imagery is so good. Yeah. So you've basically got this love-hate thing going on. Yeah, because I love the, the imagery and everything, but I don't think I could see myself playing the Dwarf Army because, at the moment because they just seem a bit, you know, like you said, dull to me. Whereas, you know, this new Flaming Dwarf range... Well, I think the Age of Sigmar Dwarf list is very good, but people just yeah. aren't playing it. Yeah, there were none at Blood and Glory. A few people commented on it. Um, well, the guy, there was one of the guys there, the guy that was playing the um, Orcs and Goblins, well, the Goblin Army, I should say, his other army is Dwarfs, um, and he didn't take it because he just think it, thought it was too powerful. Really? <laughs> and he didn't think it was much fun for his opponent, because basically he plays Rob a lot, um, and Rob was just saying, oh, I hate playing it, I just don't want to play it. So I think it was there is something there. Um, if people want to ruin people's hobby. I think he was talking about the Longbeards have a rule where basically if you moan during the game, you get a bonus, but you get like an extra... They've got like different types of moans you can do, like grumbles. Okay. So you can grumble about different things. It gives you different buffs. <laughs> so you've got to say, this unit's grumbling about this today, and it gives this buff. <laughs> Amazing. I haven't actually looked at the Dwarf ones, but I, what, I imagine they're quite good. All over. Yeah. I mean, I don't actually. Yeah. It would be quite fun in one event to actually all these like weird, quirky, off the wall things that actually have to do it. Yeah, staring contests, skulls on your clothing. Because I think one of them, like, there's one of the elf ones, is like you have to you have to be haughty during your entire phase. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's just just play normally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I I don't know. I, I thought it was. Um, I, I kind of think it's quite fun. I mean, the whole um, the new dwarf thing. I think they look really good. I, I, I mean, I'd like interest to see more. I hope it's not just a character, and it is actually going to be they're going to do some units and stuff. Because yeah, it might just be a standalone character, but I imagine that's the Red Slayers, which are yeah. mentioned in the fluff, which are basically the the dwarfs that fight for anyone. If they fight for chaos. They fight for anyone. They're mercenaries, basically. So you, you can have them in any faction. Yeah, you'd be able to have sort of like the Red Slayers and then there'd be like a more standardised... Mm. Like, Return of Dogs of War. But I think basically what they're going to be is the Dwarf Slayers. Yeah. And they're going to be like demonic versions of them, uh, like all to do with like the Realm of Fire, and yeah. then you can have them in any of your armies. I yeah. believe. I might Same be wrong. Thing, I probably am wrong, because I'm just wishlisting. Yeah. Trying to speak of it like fact. That's grand. So it's going to do that. It's fact. <laughs> so um, there are lots of new releases coming up. The, the conclusion of that, of every way, shape, and form. And have you, have you, exciting. the rangefinder? I'm dying to know because you've obviously had these in your store, haven't you? Uh, what? Uh, are, are they made out of so, brass? Yeah, it's so they heavy are... that if you drop it, it's either break. gonna break someone or break itself because it's not that shit ain't bouncing. It's just gonna make a, a hole in your floor and. It looks really nice, but it, genuinely, it looks as if it should be unboxed and put on a mantelpiece rather than used. He's basically saying it's completely impractical. Yeah, it's so when you drop it on your prosecutors and you shatter their wings. Oh, you would destroy your shit. 
However, people turn up to tournaments with fucking brickies, tape measures, and shit like that. So it, it's neat, no it? different from that, really. Yeah, I see that all the time. Didn't I rest turn up at yours? That fucking abomination of a tape measure. Oh, it's when you get that like rubberized, like industrial <laughs> size, like two inch yeah. wide tape. That one that I did, <laughs> and it's like, fuck, what are you doing? So I wanted, I bought a workshop one to be honest, because I think that they are for the money and what we're using them for. Yeah, they're fine. <laughs> I, I am tempted to get the rangefinder, go full Stormcast. Do it, man. I've got, I've got, I got my um, Stormcast dice shaker when I bought my Stormcast army. I got my Stormcast dice shaker. I really like it. It's good. It just doesn't fit any of my Warchief dice, which annoys me. Why not? Well, because Warchief dice are too big. They're the same size as the ones you get with it, aren't they? No, I don't think so. I think they're a little bit bigger. I can only fit like two or three in there. Well, just don't use them and make yeah, everyone's lives better. That, I just six. love... I love that thing for uh, turning it upside down, putting it on the table, then revealing who gets priority. I that really is like my that. biggest criticism with the Stormcast one. Is this curved? It's curved, so you can't do it. Oh. It's got a curved top, so you can't slam it on the ground. That's why I like the corn one, because you literally do your priority roll, slam the dice cup down, watch, watch, see what they've rolled, then just slowly lift as you look your opponent in the eye. What's the priority roll do again? It's who goes first or chooses who gets, next who gets turn. the next turn. Are you kidding? Yeah, I'm just trying to be a dick. <laughs> well, you succeeded. Les is a dick. That's the new slash over. Alright, is that every new release ever? No. Oh. <laughs> we're talking, we've got to get the content for this. Um, what about the battle bags? No, let's not do it. <laughs> And the mugs, and everything else, and mugs there are parts with handles that look like team. Mugs. We should do, we should do face hammer mugs. I reckon we could do those. I, I reckon it'd look good. We've got that cool image that was done for us. We just not have our faces on it. No, no, we'd have the we'd have the website logo. We've got it in a vectored image. We could do that if people want. Would be interested in that. Let us know. I'd be interested. Enough interested. I'd no, interested. Like to see turquoise on it. We could do it in turquoise. Turquoise, is black and blue, black. Yeah. Probably print wouldn't look good on black, would it? It would stand out. It'd look nice. I'm completely biased because you just said Element Games colours. I know. That's why I said it. <laughs> so you'd be like, yeah, I want that. Yep. Um, um, yeah. You can buy £10 mugs also if you want and a little bondage apparatus to attach your bags together. You're, you you're like, really? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I've had people say to me that, oh, I really like the Games Workshop figure cases and perhaps they are really good, but... Um, I can't no. look past really useful boxes and magnets. No, I don't like um, I know I got, um, I went into my local and they listened, my mate who, who managed the store, he listened to it and he said, they're really good. And I said, maybe they are, but I just wasn't sold on it. And then tell me they're really good. Eh? Take your corporate GW hat off and then tell me they're really good. Well, no, they, I, I, so they, I've heard from a lot of people who don't work for GW that the concertina thing is really useful. There's no, this yeah. one fits here, this one fits there. It's put your dudes in, put a little strange vagina flap in, and then do it again a few times until your box is full. Yeah, I think that's what I was told, and I kind of had to basically concede the point that, yeah, maybe it is useful, because you're basically your box isn't designed to fit one army. It's multi-purpose, because it, you, know, you don't have that. Like the old ones, you'd have your inserts. You've got to cut these inserts out to fit this shape. Let's then face you, it, with more and more ridiculous size models they're releasing, I don't mind that, that's fine, I like it. Uh, transport does get more and more complicated, so rather than turning up with an open box of flappy birds, 
uh, I, I could be turning up with one of those, which is no more ridiculous, really. Well, you could magnetise them and put them in a really useful box. Yeah. Anyway. Or spend the same menu and buy something from Battlefoam. Yeah, but the Battlefoam ones are like completely cut toward the shape, and there's no give in the foam, really. Because I found that with the little Infinity bag, there's no like you can't really like bend the foam. Obviously designed that way, so it's more rigid, but um, they are really good. And I think if you were going to do air travel, I would definitely get a battle foam case, just because yeah. they are. Yeah. That's what they're designed for. Well, basically, their damage testing is ridiculous. They run over those things, put them in water. Like the cases are incredible. Well, they're Kevlar. They've got like Kevlar coated and Kevlar coated. weave or whatever. It's just retardedly strong so yeah I mean it, it, I think it, it all depends what you want the case for and what your requirements are I mean I don't think I would ever see myself wearing the bondage bag with a fucking crusader case strapped to my back oh <laughs> I'm big enough as it is getting in doorways with that on I just wouldn't fit <laughs> I'd be like uh, I literally, it'd be like you get someone on like public transport or one of those on, and you're just like, for fuck's sake, this guy is just, just turning around and like knocking half the train. I mean, Les is probably used to it with his nose, so he did. And I'm recording? Yes, so I first by it. I was just wondering. <laughs> Two hours. <laughs> I don't know if we've been recording that long, but that's the scope. Cool. Uh, well, yeah, well, you, uh, uh, sorry, I couldn't resist. Well, I'm not on the show anymore, is you? You oh, it's not. Back, we love you. We love you. We love your nose and all bits of you. <laughs> <Yum>. <laughs> okay, can, is that all the new releases? Can we stop now? Yes, alright, I'll stop. Great, stop okay talking. then. Some of them are good, some are bad. Go and look at them. Arkin's amazing. Done. I think I'm excited though. Like, it's just, everything's exciting and hobby and, and, and it is, it might be because it's Christmas and I get time <laughs> off at Christmas. I kind of want to wrap myself in my Warhammer sack. So I might need a few of them. So get like a couple of Hessian sacks to put on my feet yeah. and I'll put over my head. And then make yourself yeah, get my project a, a box out. Movie. Get my project box I bought last year out. Get my put my wristband on. Get my rangefinder out. Put my, my my combat gauge on. You can tell you live alone. Get my, my I know. <laughs> I've got to have some. I've got to have something in my life. <laughs> the combat gauge will never leave me, except when the no. magnet falls off and it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, no. I, I don't know. I just, I start, it's, it, I say it's literally like Christmas, but it is actually yeah. around Christmas. So everything's really exciting and I, I keep trying not to buy stuff and, and failing. Damn you, Games Workshop. They know. That's the problem. They know, don't they? They're doing a good job. They are, yeah. But this weekend you would have ordered Arkham. Oh, shut up. I almost did it. I always did it this morning and last night. Just do it, man. But I'm not going to do it. I haven't painted the gash. I haven't so? done the Glockkin. I haven't done my Mortark. I haven't done my Vermin Lord. Just do it, man. Oh. Stop it. I don't know. Why do you want me to buy it? Just so you can say I'm weak. Well, you we are. We already know this. We know this. <laughs> no, I don't need to prove it. It's like I bought my Stormcast <laughs> army, and then there was a Stormcast bundle come out the next day, and I was like, <laughs> not gonna I be better buy no. that, because I've already just, I don't need it, but I'm going to... I'll imagine that as a formation. I just wonder like, what I could get you to buy generally, but just tell, like talking to you about it enough. Well, it's not. The thing is, is is actually probably one of those sales things. Is in my head, I've already bought it. Yeah, I'm gonna buy it. It's just when and it's just you just need people to convince you. But I honestly, I don't. I I don't know. I I probably pick it up at some point. Um, yeah. The problem is, I've just started this Stormcast project. Um, 
and then obviously they're releasing all this new Chaos stuff, and I'm thinking, oh, I could rebase my old Chaos Warriors, I could paint up the new stuff, I could do some Varangard, and, but then, like, I've just committed to doing a Stormcast army. So, you knew it was coming out a week before. Yeah, I do have to, I need, I need to clear out, really, I need to get rid of a load of my old stuff, because I've got too much stuff kicking about. eBay stuff, um, when people have got their money from Christmas. Yeah, 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 I'm going to eBay, I think. Um, I've got that Bloodbound army, and I'm tempted to do a really quick abstract paint scheme on it. Um, is that the one that yeah. Matt Lee's going to steal? Yeah. Okay. So, um, I think I mentioned it before in a show, but um, I can't remember. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah, like we should probably move on to some actual content. Yeah, we should. Don't superglue. Model 200. And with that pro hobby tip there, we're back. (laughs) (laughs) Good timing. So we're back from the break, um, and we should talk about Stormcasts, I guess. Yeah, we should. So we are all currently, in some process, hobby-wise, of assembling or painting Stormcasts. Indeed. Why why is that? We should probably touch on it, shouldn't we? Okay. Byron, why are you I'll go uh, first because my reason the shittest. Um, mine is because I wanted to paint a big thing with armour. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty <laughs> shit reason. <laughs> yeah. So literally, I wanted um, I wanted another centrepiece. Um, I didn't. Apparently, I've been told recently that the Prime's rules are good, but um, I wanted to paint someone with a big cloak. Although I've chopped off his swells, which will probably come to when we talk to the other guys but um yeah i wanted to paint a big shiny man yeah okay yeah. obviously we know les because that's what you've got when you started those um unless you want to add anything just no, I, mean, I am i think yeah it's just more a case of I, i'm adding to what i've already got now just because it, it'd be nice to yeah, I've got to admit, you told me they were good, so I was like, you know, you generally tell me what to do these days anyway. Well, I think, I don't, I don't say they're, I don't think they're like particularly better than anything else, I just think they're interesting enough, with enough things options. that they can, their interest, they can actually play, not be left behind. It seems um, like a fun, I have to sort of like hearing what we, we, you know, looking into it and just having a chat with you and stuff, they do seem like they would be actually quite fun to play now, as opposed to how they, they seemed a bit grindy before. They are bit. Warhammer Space Marines, let's be honest. Yeah, you know, so I'm, I'm a bit excited about the idea of it all now a little bit more, so. On the, uh, the Blood and Glory Healing Hammer, they were talking about the strength of High Elves, and they concluded it was just because they do a bit of everything, they're well-rounded, and that is... That's what makes a strong army in AOS, particularly when you're talking about objectives and stuff like that. And uh, Stormcast have got shooting, they've got combat, they've got very flexible movement. Uh, I actually got... think the movement's their weakest thing. Yeah. Because they don't have really fast units. I know you've got the angels, units, but... But you can, you, can, you can drop shit in places. You uh, can at the moment. Yeah. What I'm worried about is that the comp back comes out for inappropriately and it will break the army because they need it yeah they don't have magic so they've got to have something yeah they've got to have something that gets them across the table because they don't have speed 
they all have four and five. It's like uh, it's one of those things where because it's really different, someone's going to comp it because it's like, oh, I've got to think and play differently, yeah, yeah. which is basically what war games are about and meta changes are about. Well, so, yeah, what we like to call the vampire effect, <laughs> where <laughs> vampires play completely different to a Warhammer do homies in eighth. And then, rather than actually trying to realise that you have to play differently against them, people just comp them, and then they weren't worth taking. Um, mm. So, yeah, well, hopefully we'll see. But what for me, um, I was quite impressed with what I saw, and I picked up the Stormcast book, uh, Battle Tome, and yeah. I read through some of the scrolls, and I was like, I quite like the models, I quite like um, the sort of the things you can do on the table, the different formations. Um, I know they're not going to change like design direction because they're new, so yeah. they're a safe army to do. I didn't really, I did start a bloodbound, but I don't really want to do another chaos army as I've got like three chaos armies, and I'm not, I'm not Wayne Kemp, so I don't, I don't want to just do chaos all the time. Um, I've got the high elves done, so they're done. And the beauty about doing stormcast is that in an event where you can mix, I can slowly add stormcast to my high elves. So that was yeah. a big factor for me. The events we've got coming up. Uh, being Sheffield, you are allowed to mix. So I can. I was talking from a painting perspective, but still, it means I can display something different and special and new and shiny, literally, yeah. on my tray, and that's a factor. Also, you mentioned the book there in passing. Just the very fact that they have a book is one of the reasons why I picked the army up. I like and miss being able to look through army books. So yeah. I really like I've got it physically on paper with nice pictures. I've not read any of the yep. fluff, I must admit. And that is genuinely probably one of the highest factors in what's going to govern the armies I do next. If an army doesn't have a book, that is a really big reason for me not to do it. Yeah, I'm the same, really. For me, I don't like not having the War Scrolls in one place. So for some of the old compendiums, it's fine because they're all in one PDF. I still prefer a book. Because I, I don't like online documents. Even yeah, even a PDF or something you put together yourself, or you put like you get plastic folders and like I just want a nice thing. I'm in this hobby because I like nice, high quality models and reading and browsing. And part of the joy of this construction is looking through a well written book and and working with it. And shit on paper in plastic wallets is not the same for me at all. No, and and for me, like um. I, what I found difficult with the Stormcast previously is that because each scroll is its own PDF, it wasn't very easy to flick between the units and look at the synergies. Whereas now it's in one book, you can flick backwards and forwards and actually have a really good look at them. I might end up getting a load of those little uh, sticky post-its in different colours and putting them in there just so I can flick between the pages that link to each other because I find myself going from formation back to other things mm. and back and forth because I cannot remember what the different units are called, because they all sound like a paladin ability from Diablo. <laughs> I just can't, I can't remember what's what. Uh, I, I, I've got the names down now. I'm, I'm still a little bit sketchy on the winged characters, uh, but I, I'm pretty uh, pretty much there. Um, yeah, so as well, the other thing of side of this is that I wanted to do a paint job, which was using a limited palette, um, just so I haven't really done it before. But something a little bit abstract, and I wanted to do some sort of object source lighting, and maybe some ghetto. I'm not. Sure, I haven't decided on the grayscale on the model I'm going to do, whether I do it NMM or not, but uh, ish. 
probably not just full. Just halfway. Like your, yeah. your your Stormcast dude you painted, you didn't specifically go out to paint NMM in the model you did a little while mm-hmm. ago, but it kind of is of yeah. that effect. So. Yeah, so it's basically going to be similar to that test model I did, only that rather than actually having different colours on it, it's just going to be completely one scale of grey and maybe with different um, sort of shades to, to differentiate the areas. Um, then looking at doing quite a bright contrast colour, most likely sort of like a blue lightning-esque colour around the weapons and doing glow from that and then dark basing and probably another accent colour. Um, but I haven't decided 100% on what I'm doing with the basing. Um, so I'll, a question around the basing then, Russ. You've got another army being High Elves that are based yeah. in a very specific style. You pick this army because it can play with your High Elves if you want. How are you approaching that? Are you just going to base whichever army have you like and display them kind of separately as a, as a little a little warband in a large army or a 50-50 split, or are you going to try and base them for cohesion and similarity between the two? Well, I didn't think about with my high elves too much about, oh, I'm going to base these and that's going to be this generic base and I can do on everything. Um, the problem is, because I, I kind of want to do the Stormcast they're at night, they're fighting at night, or they're in like the Realm of Shadow. So basically there isn't much natural light. So the problem with the high elf basin I've got is it's very bright, and it's got like green on it, and it's it grey. It looks very nice. But makes me think of the Lord of the Rings films a lot. The basic yeah. one, these dudes, I really like it. But I don't want to use that on my Stormcast because they're going to look really out of place. But then I could do that in like dark scale colours, but then it's still not going to look the same. And with Stormcast being almost their own entity, like because they're a bit different than adding like some dark elves into my high elf army. Yeah. Um. They could be completely different, and I think they could still work as long as you display them in groups on the dub board. Agreed. Um, yeah. And I think as long as I unify them with black base rims, black display board, you know, and then one of the colours I've been considering for the Stormcast is purple, which will tie them in with the high elves anyway. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm intending to play an entire Stormcast army in its own right, so. For Sheffield? Probably not. Um, for Sheffield, I'll probably just have elements added in. Um, I haven't decided. It depend- It really depends how long it takes. I haven't done a test model yet. I don't know how long it's going to take me to actually do this. I don't know how rough I'm going to do the grey, whether I do it very abstract, um, almost airbrush it, dry brush it, ink it, then re- re-highlight it, and then do the glow and stuff. I could, I mean, it could be a case that I can churn a unit out in, like, a day. Then I could easily get it done. Um, but then I might want to spend a bit more time and doing more sort of interesting, um, you know, non-metallic metal-style highlights on them. And that means I will have to spend longer. Um, Are you planning on doing a faster army in general with more time spent on the characters? or Maybe. Or yeah. I haven't decided... It's very early days. I mean, I've got to build them first. Um, so I'm kind of feeling around what I'm going to be doing. That's all we hear. So we're back after our internet derp out. Um, basically, we're now joined by, speaking of derps, uh, Terry. Welcome. 
No, cheers. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so I was going to talk about the, the Bloodbound stuff that I was doing, which basically is, I was just tempted to do them like very dirty, use like um, Blood for the Blood God, and do like Lava Glow, um, just getting painted. Um, but I think we should move on as we've just found out Les has got limited time, which I was aware of. So, um, yeah. Should we talk about the Stormcast Battle Tome then? what you're planning to do for you, because you've got an event coming up, haven't you, Les? Yeah, I've got a um, one of the guys, uh, well, a couple of the guys at the War Chiefs have got their own um, army selection sort of builder, um, and they're running a little one there in Bristol. Um, and yeah, I, I Wait, when like, is that? 20th, is it? December? 20th, yeah. And that's called? Uh, Sigmas. And where, if someone wanted to go, where can they find information about uh, it? It's on the Warhammer forum. Uh, I okay. think it's on from it's page called Blight, Putrid Chump Kings, is it? Uh, they call themselves. Can yeah. bang that in the show notes as well. Yeah, so we'll put a link in. Um, and they're using that PCK comp PCK system. Comp, yeah, which is their own comp system that they've got, um, which is kind of a bit like a pool choice system, but um, they balance the war scrolls with a rating, and you have to adhere to both. So basically, you've got to balance two two yeah. resources haven't you one is war scroll numbers and one is their rating and then yeah. depend some things have negatives some have positives and i i think i mean from my personal point of view it's overly complicated for what it needs to be but uh, you know, yeah no, I've, I've had a couple of goes at building this bit and once you get your once i've sort of like got my head around it a little bit it was it was fine i think it's quite uh it's not a it's not a bad way of building doing things to be honest i mean i I found it quite easy building a list. I found it, you know, relatively like you could just put everything in you wanted. Yeah, pretty much everything I wanted. So you're you're planning to take Stormcasts, yeah, to the event, aren't you? With with one guy in it that isn't a Stormcast. Yeah, with one guy that isn't a Stormcast to give me a negative on a their their PCK comp. Which I, does I, it require that your army is painted? No, it doesn't. Okay, so you're you're not governed by what you what you have painted. It's just what you're in constructed. Yeah, it's basically I'm just the only reason that I'm I'm going is a I've got the, the a free pass from the girlfriend, um, and b it was I, that's I just, quite a big deal nowadays, isn't it? Yeah, you yeah. Used to be allowed out. <laughs> I got to balance my time, man. You know, um, <sighs> this, oh, balance is a funny word for it, but yeah. Balance, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we um, I decided I was going to go um, just because I figured obviously we're going to Sheffield um, and we're doing Firestorm. And we're obviously with South Coast coming up. I'm sort of like going to do those events. I figured it'd be good for me to go and actually play with the army that I'm going to be taking to Sheffield or a version of the army that I'm going to be going taking to Sheffield. Um, and yeah, and like obviously I'd, I'd like to take these guys into Firestorm as well. So, okay. um, that's the goal. Try and get it all painted for at least all base coated and done. Hopefully finish for Sheffield, but I don't think it'll happen. Um, and then get it all finished for Firestorm and south coast cool. what are the restrictions for sheffield because usually they have like a painting pack thing attached inside the uh, sheffield is comp- clash with grand alliance i mean i'm um, sorry i mean for like painting it's i'm, I'm assuming it painted. requires painted yeah it will yeah yeah, yeah i mean obviously i'm going to get these all the, the, the plan is is that I'm, as we're talking i've put assembled pretty much the entire army apart from five judicators um base them all and i then have to just undercoat them i'm going to airbrush them to turquoise wash them down and do the the armor and then they're you know pre-color minimum or whatever isn't it so sounds beautiful yeah and then work from there because I, I think i can get them done i just don't want to get to the point where i'm like oh. you've got a lot painted already don't you nope i've got three models painted what for <laughs> your 
your celestial vindicators? Yeah, four models painted. I thought you had like a unit done on stuff. No, I've got three retributors, I've got one prosecutor, and I've got two prosecutors that are near enough finished. They're like base coated. Have you done some liberators? I've done one liberator. I haven't done any liberators yet. Oh, okay. I thought you had like ten liberators done. No, no, no. Did you hear how excited Byron sounded when Les said turquoise? (laughs) I just, all I got an image was a little bit of weed coming out. Yeah, <laughs> that happens when it's fine. Airbrushing yeah. something and then painting turquoise—that's your man after my own heart. Yeah, so I mean that's what I want to get done. I want to get them sort of like. Uh, to be honest, I'm probably gonna have enough time to get them done because once it's only the goal. Your finger out. Yeah. Yeah, it's not too. I've been doing other stuff, haven't I? Yeah, Send no, a woman off I mean. for a spa weekend. You want to give my idea? That's a good idea. Yeah, uh, spa weekend. Her off. Off she goes. You paint an army in a weekend. Job done. First time in like I think twelve years, I've got the I've finished work on the twenty third of December and dug up up to the fourth of January. Same so, as me, mate. That is same as me. So I've got a little bit of time off to to get some stuff done. So it's going to be quite nice. I, yeah. I'm on the my normal. I do an army over Christmas, and it's probably going to turn into that again. So I, if I don't, if I actually spend my time relaxing and, and recovering, ready for the new year for work and. You know, doing normal things like seeing your family and and actually like socialising. Yeah. Then I feel guilty that I'm not at my painting desk painting a new army. So uh, white man's guilt. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to be painting. So um, I hope I can get it done. I think I will. It'll be alright. So we shall we then, as you're on limited time, shall we crack through the battle tome scrolls and talk about like what they're good and yeah, if you're taking them and stuff. So yeah, yeah, that'd be quite cool. Because obviously we've got the We've got the battle tome, Stormcast battle tome. Yeah. So I figured, like, as an army, and and just to people listening, it's probably going to be in the context of the Clash of Swords comp pack. Yeah. Because that's basically what most events are running at the moment. That's what we're playing. <coughs> Warhammer.org.uk latest tournament news top thread. Yeah. Be in the show notes as well. Um. So I mean, obviously, we could talk about the Lord Celestine on Drakov, but he's at the start of set, and we've mentioned him before. So should we skip him? Yeah. I mean, isn't really anything. He's pretty good. Most people know what he does. Yeah, he's quick. Got a lot of wounds. Does a shooty breath save. Reasonable reach on his hammer. Makes your army immune to battle shock. Which yeah. I don't know how good that is for Stormcast because you've got high bravery and there's less models, so it's not really like you lose a lot of models in the turn. Yeah, because if you lose a lot of models, the unit's probably dead anyway. Yeah. So no. there's nothing left to battle shock. <laughs> no, because they're all like bravery, sort of seven, eight, nine anyway. Yeah. I think. Um, so the, the Lord Celestant on foot. You've got this guy, haven't you? I have got this guy. Yeah, and actually, I think he's quite good because um, he he's basically got a load of bucket load of attacks that all like damage one, um, but and he can make an extra attack if he charges. But he's got this weird shooting attack, which is a little bit the hammer cloak. Yeah, it's okay. Cloak. <laughs> you just roll d6. That's how many shots you get, and then on a four plus, the unit takes a mortal wound. Range sixteen. Yeah. So it's okay. Is nice it for chipping on away. a four plus per shot or four yeah, plus that number shot. of shots? No, that's, you roll a dice not, and you go, that's, that's how many shots. And then you allocate what you shoot in and then on a four up they take a water wound. I quite like that. Yeah, I, I think you might wound damage. chuck a couple wounds out. I know he's going to not go like the world on fire. I think um, multiples of them could be quite good. Now you can take multiple, you know, um, yeah. characters. Yeah. What, most one, one pool choice, take three for three, little unit of three of them bad boys running around, cloaking <laughs> it up. Yeah, he's got a three up, three up save, five wounds, uh, really good bravery, and the shooting attack in multiples actually would be quite good. Plus, if he's got six attacks, but if you obviously charge, you're going to have um, 
eight attacks a model, but it does mean you have to drop like sixty quid on three models. Oh, hang on, that's just like the Varangard, isn't it? So it's fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah. his command ability is quite good. Yeah. So um, if he's your general, then until your next hero phase, you can add one to the result any hit rolls. Um, in the combat phase of Stormcast units within nine, so he can make your units hit more reliable. And what the synergy of that is, is that on your retributors, if you roll a sixth or more to hit, they do two mortal wounds. So obviously that means it's going to work on a five or more, rather than on a six. It's gross. So there's a little synergy there, and you can get him where you need him by picking him up and dropping him with the banner. Yeah, so the if banner you... which is fairly heavily comp now, we should say. Well, I don't, I don't think so. What is it? Well, 1.5? It's, it's more than it was. It's two, two, two now. I think, I think two's a bit excessive, really. But agreed. Hey ho, um, the Lord Rector, he's in the starter set. He's got the lightning storm, helium storm thing. Fine. Um, the lantern guy with the Griffhound. Obviously, he's just the lantern guy. We'll talk about the Griffhounds in a minute. Because we were talking about yesterday, didn't we? Come up with a cool little thing you could do with those. Um, so he, he's got the warding lantern, so basically you can hurt chaos, or more useful, you can give a stormcast unit plus one save. There's a surprise, it hurts chaos. Well, they are kind of anti-chaos. Fucking anti-everything, they're badass. They're not. <laughs> they're, um, then we've got the, the new ones, which you probably won't spend a bit more time talking about. So the Knight Heraldor, He's the uh, the guy He's we the guy. mentioned that's got the two two torn. He's the chubby guy. <laughs> yeah, I've actually I've put him together this morning, and he's not really that chubby. It's just the skirt flares out where he's got his like legs <laughs> apart. Oh, that, he's that got an really adult moo on. If you reposed him a little bit so he's not looking down his trumpet thing. No. I've what have I got stuck in my trumpet? I've done you it so he's, him up. I've done it so it's like at, towards his mouth rather than his eye socket. Yeah. But I haven't. Um, <laughs> I've got him facing that way just because it makes more sense. Otherwise, it looks like he's trying to hear what they're saying. <laughs> yeah. Oi! What? He's got like he's some he's harder hearing. <laughs> if you put the head fa- veteran of war, because you could put the head facing the other way, but then the horn lines up with his ear. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like trying to hear what they're saying. <laughs> um, he's actually alright I mean he's only got a 4 up save which is a bit weird yeah. but he's in combat he's pretty good um, he's got a rend on his weapon which is quite nice but what he does he's got one ability which basically means you can um, charge even if you run so that's quite nice for a bit of extra speed mm. um, which is something I think the whole army struggles with um, and then the other th- it means you could get your liberators to keep up with like your angels for a turn or something um, and the other thing is the thunder blast so in the shooting you pick a bit of terrain within 15 so it's basically a 20 inch threat from the start of your go and then um, roll a dice and every unit within that many inches um, takes d3 mortal wounds so if people have got like a big hill or something and they've got their men around it then obviously it's quite good because it it will just chip on everything. Um, obviously, it does affect you as well. So Friend or foe, yeah. It doesn't specify enemy, it just says unit. So it's going to hit you as well, I believe. It's quite good for if you're playing in a um, sort of like a scenario where it's like hold the objective or the hill, pick that piece of terrain, and then you know that you're going to blast the enemy unit off there. Yeah, and I think with the new edition of the Clash um, comp, where you've not got a hero cap, 
and he's only one comp, he's actually got a place now. Yeah. Because potentially, it's like, he's basically, it's like having a wizard that's doing arcane bolt. Yeah. That you yeah, guarantee to hit something that's touching a piece of terrain. That can't be dispelled. The trend yeah. we've seen for tournaments in this game is that there's a fair bit of terrain. So yeah, yeah, he's like also up the a... terrain in the comp as well. Yeah, and it's he, ten to twelve and all pieces the now instead of eight. Now, isn't it? I did not yeah. know that. Yeah, yes, yeah, so there's more terrain on the board. Like having loads of terrain is amazing, even if it's just tiny little little bits of area terrain. It just adds so much. Well, I found that at Blood and Glory, like just having like random monoliths. Yeah, they just they just get in the way of your movement, but they don't actually and and they don't actually have a massive effect over them. They they look cool as well. Like mine and um, Steve Wren's game, that we had like, I don't know, 15 bits of terrain or something? Yeah. Just, just everywhere. It was amazing. So obviously the more terrain makes this guy yeah. better. Um, I mean, there is, maybe there's a potential having three of him. Just sideboarding. And you just, you just run them up and they all toot the same bit of terrain and it's, oh, I'll take 3D3 mortal wounds or whatever you Toot, 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 toot. Well, um, it's, I mean, I think the big thing is, People raising their, their save whilst in cover. If you are taking a shooting option with this army, he, he complements that very nicely because people hiding in cover are putting themselves at risk. He kind of negates the benefit you get of getting the extra plus one armor save. Because you don't want to be on the train, but you do. And then it's like, oh, what to do? Yeah, I really like um, him for that reason. Pretty much specifically, and the other stuff is, he's not bad. He's alright. I actually, the more, as I've put the model together now, the more I kind of think it's alright. Tooty horn! I, uh, I think it's okay. I think you were a bit harsh on it before. I really like the sword. The yeah. sword's really nice. Like, it, it's just gonna be really, really, really fun to paint that. I can't wait to do that. Cool. Um, the Knight Vexilor, which is probably the, the standout hero. Um, uh, now that we've touched on it, it's, yeah. Mr. Teleport. Um, he opens up so many combos. Um, he's auto, also included, in my opinion. Even at two comp, he's auto. It's an awesome he, model. He opens up the board. <laughs> he just allows you to go, that unit needs to be there. Oh, it's there. I, I, it's anywhere on the board, you pick a unit, and then you drop it down, and it within... can be right next to the enemy, within three. Yep. So you can basically like drop it next to something that you want to charge. Um, there's different uses for this that perhaps people haven't really cottoned on to. How many times can it be used? Once a game. Once. Oh, that's just once a game. That's why I think okay. it's overcomped at two. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, that'd be amazing for like last turn, just popping something across the board onto an objective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's restricted not, to your hero sure. phase as well. Yeah, and I'm not sure that would actually capture, because I think you can't do that and then capture and crash unless you'd be on the table. I don't know how that would work. Maybe you could. Well, you're on the table anyway, aren't you? You're just getting yeah, I moves. Suppose. Hmm. Okay, so you've got two choices of banner. So the problem is with this comp as well, he's got two banners. One is a lot better than the other one, and it's kind of by doing one, you're, you're pushing the other one out. Pushing the other one out even more. Um, so basically with the meteoric standard, you can call down a comet. So you pick a point within 24 and roll two dice. Each unit within that many inches takes D3 mortal wounds. Wow. So you've basically got a meteor strike, which is actually pretty good. Yeah. That's really nice. Because you can, wherever they are on the table, if they are clustered up slightly, you can literally just go bang and hit them with... They don't need wizards when you've got all this shit. 
No, they don't need wizards. I don't. I don't think they need it at all. Right, they need it for. Dis- you- they need it for dispelling. Yeah, but how often do you actually get to unbind anything? You don't. I think <laughs> one game in Blood and Glory, I had a chance to unbind. Like There's turn few- four or five, you get to unbind when you're in range. There's a few other options in other armies. I think and the reason why they are powerful is because you do want them around combat. But in general, it's fairly yeah, flesh hounds. Mm. Exactly. And he's got a three up save. So on train, it's a two up save, five wounds, four attacks in combat. He's alright. I mean, he's, he literally can be next to the enemy and not really give a shit. Um, the other one is the Pendant of the Stormbringer. Uh, so you pick up a Stormcast Eternal unit, put it anywhere on the table, but also, probably people forget this as well, after setting the unit up, every enemy unit within six of that unit on a four more takes D3 more wins. So people forget about that, but it does actually, it's there as well. So yep. you could toot your horn and then drop this guy in the middle of them. No, not not even him. You, you don't. It's the, the unit. unit the unit you drop, yep. yeah, does that. So you could literally pick up your retributors, drop them, and then they they do all the damage um, from dropping, and then they charge, and then they they do more wins anyway. So they're pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's handy because you can chip off. You may be able to chip off that one model on the way in. Hmm. You know, if you're going into like Alpha Strike, something big and fighty. Yeah, and you could always take a unit of ten. And string them out in a long line, so they could charge multiple units in one go, and they affect more units because they've got a bigger footprint. Yeah, just a I big bomb line. Could you even do it with liberators? To be honest, I mean, I think the physical the physical shape of the units in this army is really important for a lot of reasons, yeah. dealing with reach, uh, blocking things for cover, that type of thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think he's pretty much an auto include, um, as we'll come on to when we talk about things. Um, so. We've got the uh, flap flap. Yeah, the flap flap guys. So we've got the yeah. knight Azuros. Azuros. This dude. So this is the angel guy with the lantern. Yeah. So he can obviously can fly. He's quite quick. He's a combat dude. Um, he's got this leader of the way ability, which says units in your army that use lightning strike can be teleported to the battlefield set within five inches of the knight Azuros even if it means they're within nine of the enemy. So he basically makes your, um, was it called, Thunderstrike Brotherhood better. Yeah. But actually, all the other formations, their drop rule isn't called that. So it's called, like, Storm Streak or, or Hammer Strike or, you know, Wave of Celestial Might and stuff like that. They've all got different names. Uh, there were, some of those might not be teleport abilities, disclaimer. Um, so basically, they, they've all got a different name. They haven't, they're not called Lightning Strike, so... I think it only affects the Thunderstrike Brotherhood, so it's a bit limited. Um, he's also got this Illuminator of the Lost ability, which I think is where the combo-y stuff comes in, where um, any attacks made against uh, enemy units that are within 10 of the night, that range attacks get to reroll ones. So Brilliant. he basically lights them up. To note there, really specifically, that if you've got an army with several different armies involved within it, and allies and whatever... That just is against enemy units, so yeah. So it doesn't matter if your shooters are from our cannons or something else. So it doesn't. They don't have to be stormcast shooters, basically. So it's a good point. Um, and he's got the light of Sigma. Once per battle, you can open up the beacon. Um, each enemy unit of an eight takes D3 more wounds, unless they've got the chaos keyword and they take D6. Love you, Terry. So, <laughs> <laughs> he can't move, f- um, run, charge, or pile in if you do that. But um, that has its uses. So I've, I've got this little combo that I've been thinking about with him, actually. 
Um, so the Knight Venator is the other bird dude with the shooty shoot and the little phoenix. Just awesome model. Such a good assassination piece. Like you, you 30 inch range with a 12 inch move. It's just ridiculous. Let me guess. He does more damage to chaos. Uh, no. No, he does more damage to a hero or a monster. Yeah. And uh, that's only once per game. Yep. So, um, basically you've got celestial talons. Now this is interesting that this is ranged and in melee. So if the wound roll is six or more, it has a rend of minus three. So it's three shots or three attacks in combat, fours and threes. Uh, that's the bird shooting, FYI. Yes. Listeners, that's important for no reason. Yeah, but if you roll a six to wound, it's um, it's rend minus three, which is really good. Um, then you've got the realm hunter bow, which is his shots, and that's twos and threes, rend minus one, thirty inches. But you can do that star fated arrow, which um, you make one attack, which on obviously twos. with the lantern rerolling a one, it sort of guarantees you getting it a one up. But if you roll, if you roll two ones in a row. Um, it causes D3 plus 3 damage, but if it's a hero monster, it's actually D6 plus 3. Tasty! The only issue with this is getting through armor, because it's only rend 1. It's not like it does mortal wounds, it just... So, it can... Like, squishy heroes, it's brilliant. Like, if you've got stuff like a lich priest, it's a brilliant Chaos way to say, heroes, that's fucking horrible. Because <laughs> you literally in go... General. Yeah. I mean, even Alaria would probably get killed by that. Is what, a, what up, a lich so. priest 6 up? Five up. Five up. So yeah, six up with that rend one. That's mm. pretty tasty. Well, mo- most actual wizards that aren't people and dragons or anything like that aren't rocking more than a five up really, are they? No. no. Um, so, Griffhounds. Now, these little these little beauties, I think, have been overlooked slightly. Um, they're okay. I mean, they're nothing really to shout about. Quite quick. Three wounds each. So, it does mean if you've got a unit and under the clash comp, you get half a comp for two of them. So actually they become a scoring unit because you've got two guys in a unit and they've got six wounds. So they're That's a cheap cool. scoring unit. But one of their best... scoring unit. Yeah, in the movement nine. Um, they've got an ability that basically um, after you attack in the combat phase you can roll a dice and move the model that the, the men that many inches back. So you could potentially attack someone then move out of melee range. Um... So if you attack with them first, you could charge in, attack, then run away, so they can't attack you. Um, mm, that's bit, nice. It's a bit situational, but you know, never know. Um, and again, it makes more attacks if it's got a Lord um, Calliston within three. Um, but the best thing is the warning cry. So basically, if any enemy unit is set within ten of this unit, roll two dice. Any units with that many inches of the Griffhounds is alerted and can make a shooting attack. As if it's a shooting phase. So basically, if you're playing against Skink Patrol or another Stormcast army or someone who wants to drop on you, pew, pew. you could use the Griffhounds in conjunction with Judicators or Prosecutors to basically shoot them as they drop. So you go, well, you've dropped. I'm now going to shoot you. And stuff like, they're not very, like, especially Rippers, they're not exactly very tough. So you know, actually doing that damage as they drop down is, is pretty big. Yeah, so, chip off one or two models, possibly, depending on how much shooting you get out. Well, I mean, if you've got, like, three units adjudicators, that's a significant amount of shooting. And if you yeah. have the crossbows, yeah. you you could literally shoot three times because you haven't moved. 
So I only 12 inch range, which then they don't count towards the shot cap. So rather than take liberators, you could take the shot, shot the, um, the bolt storm crossbows. Um, so actually I think the Griff Hound's kind of overlooked a little bit. It's kind of yeah. quite useful. Uh, unfortunately, there's no way to buy them. Other than the Castellan box, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You get one. You can't buy them separately, which is a bit weird. Um, I haven't actually got my Calistant uh, yet. Do you know if it comes on the sprue, or it's, is he a separate sprue? He's a separate sprue, I think. Yeah. Maybe so, there'll be a splash release at some point. The, does the Celestin always have one next to his side if you're using him as that model? No. no. He doesn't come okay. with it. I okay, don't know why he's packaged with it, or... I know he's got a rule that synergizes with it, but I, I don't quite understand why he's been packaged with it. No. Um, um, and why you can't buy them separately. I'm sure someone could just put that, like, with the Lord Celestin being fairly all right on his own. I'm sure if people want to make <laughs> want to make some money and offset the horrific price of these heroes, they could sell their little. Griff yeah, hands. actually, he's not separate on the sprue. He's mixed in with the guy. Oh, okay. I, I Which they could have probably done that. So they were on separate sprues. That would have been sensible, but obviously, I mean, I imagine they'll release a box set of them at some point because a unit of them is as many numbers as it wants. So I imagine they should do a box set of them at some point. I can't imagine them not. Um, That's a really nice little model as well. Yeah, he's cool. really cool. Um, They'll probably like come out with the flesh hounds. Nice. <laughs> Never see them. Um, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, um, so a little bit of an interesting unit where they can capture an objective and they give you that anti... For your side pool, they give you something that's a half a comp anyway, which is useful. Because sometimes you've got half a point left. Definitely. And they also have that synergy where you can counter the drop. So, quite useful, I think. Um, yeah, Judicators. Unit. So, I really like Judicators. Shoot you guys with bows. Yeah. For people who can't remember names like me. Um, and these guys have got the, um, you've got a choice of having the Sky Bolt bow, bow, bow or the Bolt Storm Crossbow. Um, I think the bow's better because you've got a 24 inch range freeze and freeze with a rend and it's only one shot towards your cap um, the crossbows are okay but they're 12 inch range two attacks freeze and falls with no rend I think they go to a more specific and honed type of army the crossbows yeah. uh, your, your other option is just it's shooting, it's good it's very very long range which is awesome and you could, they're just role players wherever you want them. Whereas if you're doing something with the crossbows, I think you've probably got more of an overall specific plan. Yeah, I think so. Um, and then you've got two special shooting weapons. So one is the um, shock bolt bow, which does um, is one shot freeze and freeze. But when you hit, the hit explodes into so many hits. So if you hit with it, you roll a dice, that's how many hits you get. So potentially you can get one. six. So it's basically like gives you one of your bow shots is a potential six hits. Yeah, so again, that gets around the shot cap nicely. Yeah, exactly. So they're only a unit of five of them is only five to your shot cap. So if you really wanted to go pew pew, you could literally have like a Venator's like six, and then you could take um I don't know like thirty five judicators, and that's that's a hefty amount of decent long range shooting. Because that's yeah, yeah. it's all freeze and freeze with rend minus one, and if you took the lantern guy, that you could re-roll to hit. Um, so it's just hide him out into the middle of something, along with one other fighter unit and 
shit living shit out of it. Yeah. Judicate is good. Yeah, and also, they can re-roll ones against Chaos. Oh, fuck's sake. Love you, Terry. So you it just, there's nothing that's in Chaos that, if your order, do this. I'm sure it's coming. No, it's not. They hate Chaos. I they are kind of designed to fight Chaos. It does make sense. Chaos should just be more powerful, then. Everything should have, like, Ren 2. I, I don't disagree that they should be better, but... I, I do kind of think Chaos play like Orcs now. But I think there is new stuff coming out for Chaos, and maybe that will make them better. Yeah. So, I mean, that it'll be interesting to see what that Summoner of Zinch does. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I think... I think Judicators are pretty good. Um, just 24-inch range is tasty. Yeah. And oh, we didn't talk about the Thunderbolt crossbow, did we? Um, no, range 18. Yep. And da, da 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 So, again, this is something that... There's a few of the shooting things that are much better against monsters. Um, I think this, this is better against big units, because you've got to roll a dice and roll underneath the number of models. Two, and then it does D3 more wounds. But a monster, you take one off the dice roll, but it's only a 33% chance to hurt it. Yeah. So it's a bit like hitting on a five. So I think it's just because it, otherwise you'd need like a one in a six chance of actually doing anything to a monster. So I just think that's the only reason it's there. Okay. Um, but against like units, it's really good because you basically auto hit to D3 more wounds. Because if you've got like a unit of like 20 guys, you can't roll it. You're going to roll into 20, aren't you? It's just going to happen. <laughs> so you just go take D3 more wounds. It just says there's no... It's pretty good. And you can actually have a unit of bow guys with that weapon. You don't need to take the bow. You could take the actual crossbow special weapon in the bow guys. So there's no restriction. Not So I think that's probably quite useful. I mean, obviously, you've not got the same range. You're, you're losing that sort of seven inches of range, so maybe it depends what you're doing with the army. You're gaining a bit of flexibility, though, which I think yeah. is kind of what, what the unit's about. But I think if you look at what you're playing, and if you go, they've got a lot of high armor stuff, then you can... What I, I think what I love about... You've got the option that when you deploy the unit, you make the choice. So when you deploy, you can go, well, actually, I'm, I want the mortal wounds, and he's going to be in my face, so I don't need to worry about it. So if you're playing someone with, like, Varangard... They've got like a two-up save basically with their in terrain or if they've been Mystic Shielded, and they're you know they're really hard. So you go, well, I want more wounds, and it's going to be in my face. So I'm going to take the crossbow rather than the the bow, but I want the bows for the range and the rend. So you can take the four bows and the crossbow, the shot bow crossbow. Flexible, flexible. And this is what I like about the army in general is that you've got these options. Um, so liberators, these are the standard dudes. Vanilla. Yeah, but I still think they're quite good. I mean, they're two wounds, four up save. Bravery six, the same with the, same with the adjudicators. I think um, they will crumble faster than, visually, they look just as heavily armored yeah. as most of the other stuff, but they do disappear quite quickly. Yeah, that, I think that's the thing about the Stormcast. It looks like they should be like Terminators, and actually they're quite squishy. Even the, re- even like Retributors and stuff are actually quite squishy. Um, it's only a four up save. As soon as you get anything with like rend one, you're suddenly just dropping when you haven't got that many wounds. No. Um, in the unit. So I've got like 30 guys. It's, it's like, I've got five guys. That's 10 wounds. It's not that hard to do. Um, 
they're just, just about as squishy as high off sea guard basically um, so what you've got is you can take double double weapons so you can take weapon each hand and reroll ones or you could take a hand weapon shield reroll ones on your save and they've got a choice between swords and axes but basically they're the same they're just threes and fours or fours and threes it, it's I think the hammers are probably better just because of the lay low of the tyrant rule which is if you're fighting something with five or more wounds you get plus one to hit so I mean it's it's much of a muchness really if you've got another way to buff to hit you could get to ones with the sword so that's obviously a waste but basically it doesn't really matter um, do which one you like the most I really like the swords so I think they look awesome yeah that's what I'd say painting wise I think they look nice Although, if you are doing something fancy with metallics, then hammers are better. Yeah. Um, but then the swords, you can do really nice light con- contrast on them as well. Space Marines. Yeah, I think they're both... I mean, I, I'll probably do one of each. Um, and then you get to have these cool double-handed weapons. So, basically, a unit, one in every five, can have a grand blade or a grand hammer. Um and again, these are basically just damage two with rend, but the same to hit and to wound, and the same amount of attacks as the the single hand weapons. They just give you a rend and a, and a double damage. Uh, I really like the sword. I think the sword looks amazing. It's just just looks so good. Yeah, they um, there's some really nice paint jobs in the book with models with big swords. Yeah, I think they're okay. This unit, they're a bit of an all rounder. I think. They're really needed in the army. Yeah, because they're just bodies, aren't they? Yeah, and there's not many easy ways to get a lot of dudes down. They don't have, they don't have. It's not like goblins to your orcs or anything like that. You've just got sigmarines again, and again, and again. So these are cheaper ones, and that has a place. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the uh, probably the sort of the iconic unit from the start sets, the retributors. So these are the paladin dudes with the the two-handed hammers, for people who don't know. Um, and these are the ones that do a mortal wound of, they'll do two mortal wounds if you roll a six to hit, or a six or more to hit. So if you've got super a, hefty, yeah. So if you've got a way to buff their to hit roll, they become really, really nasty. They've only got a one-inch reach, which is a I was bit just going to say, it's a bit of a negative point because you can't really go deep with them. Big bases, yeah. Um. So you're going to have a big frontage if to get their attacks, which means that you get a lot of attacks back at you. And with only a four-up uh, four save, then they got three wins each. That's not brilliant. Um, what's interesting is two in every five can be have a star soul, star soul mace, which just blatantly just does D3 more wins straight up. So I think you'd always take two of those in, in a you know, retributor. Why, why would you not? They look quite good as well. Yeah, there's, there's no reason anywhere not to. The only all. potential is is that the normal lightning hammer could do four more wounds if you roll two sixes. Yeah, true. Uh, and also the fact that um, you know it's 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 kind of like you you could roll a one, and then actually the if you had two attacks with the hammer, they'd be damaged two. You could do more. So I don't know if they're that. Auto, but you're but always going to do one mortal wound. You're always going to you're guaranteed yeah. one, yeah. Because you're never because you don't miss. So I don't know. I kind of I think you always do take two. I think the scale would only tip if you're against a lot of chaffy crap stuff, really. Mm. 
I'm not sure. I kind of like rolling dice, so... <laughs> um, well, you do. You roll to see how much damage you do. <laughs> yeah, but there's something about rolling, like, having more chance to get those explosions. Yeah. Um, but I think if you can make them hit all fives, then I think you'd take normal hammers. Because it means you explode on a five. So, I think it's better odds, but anyway. Um, yeah, so they can have the mace. Every... Paladin unit can take these Star Soul Maces. I think they're more useful in probably the other units. So, um, Protectors, which I really like these. These guys are basically... They've got a couple uses. So the same stat line, basically, in terms of their movement, wounds, and all the rest of it. The thing that I like about them is they've got a 3-inch reach. So these are the guys with the two-handed glaives. Um, There's no other way in the book for for people to get a reach of that much, is there? No, I don't think so. No. And they've got free attacks, freeze and freeze, rend minus one. It's only damage one, but if you're a monster and you roll a six um, to wound, then they take d6 damage. So they're quite good at hunting monsters. Um, You can still put star soul maces in, so if you... They're okay for that. I think. Do you think it's less tempting with this unit than it is with the other unit? No, I think more tempting because you can put the two maces at the front and then put all the guys behind them and they and can fight like over. block or something, or well, whatever yeah. block it is. Yeah, like two at the front and then the three guys in like a triangle behind them, and they can all sh- all attack. So I think they're better in this unit than any other unit. Um, and then you you mean you're going to get with three of them and one being the um the prime. You basically get um, ten attacks from the unit, and then two d three sets of mortal wounds. So it's you know for their frontage, quite a lot of damage. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so it's pretty good. And also the other ability they have is that arrows that shoot at them subtract one to hit. And if you shoot across them, you've got to take one to off to hit. So they're quite yeah, a nice. That's really good. The whole if, blocking thing. Yeah, and I think that's good as well. If you know you're playing as someone with a lot of shooting, it, it helps because it just they're a prime target. The, these units because they are you don't really want them in combat with you. So pretty good. I like these more than the decimators, which I'm about to come on to because I think these are super situational. They look awesome as well. I think they're probably one of the the most specific looking units out of. The range, if that makes sense. So they look like GW's idea for their modern direction, just personified yeah. into models. Yeah, I do like the glaives. I think they look awesome. So decimators. Basically, these guys have got a two-inch reach, freeze and freeze minus one. But the amount of attacks they get is dependent on how many models are in the range of them. So they could potentially be amazing if you're playing people with lots of infantry. They're just on like 25 mil bases, they could just be absolutely disgusting because you could get, you know, like seven or eight attacks a model, really, if you were positioned properly and they were touching bases, basically. Um, but conversely, if you get a single model come into you, you've only got one attack each. So, very specific. Yeah, yeah good sideboard unit, though. Yeah, I mean, this is like most things. They're good. The only problem with these units, the Paladins, is unlike stuff like the Liberators or the Prosecutors, where you can make a decision as you deploy, 
these are specifically different units that you'd have to have in your pool. So it's not like you can go, I'm going to deploy my paladins and they're going to have axes or they're going to have spears or they're going to have, you actually, you have to pick the unit in your sideboard. And I think with the retributors being the all round, the all rounders, they're probably going to win out more than anything else. But still good. Um, Against the horde of goblins, they're uh, pretty, pretty cool. Horde of anything, really. I mean, I mean, you could look at the fact that go, well, I'm always going to be in, I'm always going to have two models in range. Pretty much. Unless I'm fighting a single thing. They also, uh, they modify enemies' battle shot tests. Yes, within they do. Six inches. Add 220 results. So. Which is why they're, they're really good if you're playing against demons. Because you can't roll a one. Oh, is it the result that you roll? You add two to the result of any battle shots test. So you roll a one, it's a three. Yeah, that's. So you stop that yeah. straight away. Um, and also the fact that they, that's really good if you're killing, if you've got big units and you kill a load, obviously that's two extra guys. Against yeah. goblins or anything little and crappy. Uh, but even they, if you're fighting ogres, I mean, you drop, through, drop an iron gut, and yeah. suddenly that's not, oh, minus one, it's minus three. Yeah. So it's like actually that they could potentially lose a whole model and that's like an extra four wounds. I think people end up getting overly worried about that when they play against him as well, because that's yeah. a real threat to, well, a lot of builds. Yeah, I think that's, um, you know, I think I think they're pretty good. I mean, uh, I, I don't know why the Decimated Prime only gets one to its wound rolls and not an extra attack like the others, but hey-ho. Um, and again, they can have the Star-style maces, so you could negate the fact if you're fighting a single model by actually just putting a couple of those in. Because if you are fighting like a single model, two and two D two D three mortal wounds is probably quite scary anyway. You'd be less inclined to go and like, oh, I'll send my like my dragon to them because yeah. I don't want them getting to my infantry. Um, and obviously, if you've got teleport methods, then teleporting them next to a big horde of infantry and charging, you're going to get put them where you want them to be. Um, the position's more important with these than anything else, I think, where you want yeah. them to be. Definitely, pretty good. I mean, I think the paladins are my favourite thing out of the out of the army. I mean, they're just all really cool. I like the models. I like all of all the options. I really like the retributors. I think they're the nails because I've got the different heads. I think they really like those. Like I said, the protectors look really regal. Um, the decimators are probably the one that I'm not that fussed about look wise, but hey ho. So sure as we talk about flappy flaps, then I guess. Yeah, we, sh- we should talk about flappy flaps. So, prosecutors, we'll go for the combat ones first with the celestial hammers. Uh, you're a real fan of these, aren't you? Um, I uh, I like the javelins more for a shooting point of view, but what I like about it is the flexibility of these because the shooting's still pretty good. So, they've basically got an 18 inch range with two shots, fours and fours, which isn't great, but you get to reroll ones um, unless you take the shields. You get reroll ones on the save. Um, what I like about this unit, though, is that it's got a 3d6 charge and a 12-inch move, and the combat options you can put in are quite strong, um, because you can give them grand blades and grand axes and grand hammers, and the grand axe is like a decimator axe, so you get an attack for every man in range. Um, so it's pretty good. Um, I don't know. They're okay. I think they're... The problems with these is that in like the comp, 
each one is two to the shot cap. Yeah. So this is something we might touch on, but I think that's it's always one of the failings of, of flat. Uh, blanket comps on specific numbers of things. If you've got an army that's based around shooting, and then you've got someone in there who you want for combat but happens to shoot, sometimes it can be a little bit prohibitive. Mm. And the fact that they have two attacks makes it all the worse. You don't know the struggle of putting plague drones into a demon army because <laughs> they all have a shot that's 14 inch range, and it just dicks up your your numbers. Oh, dicks up all your flaming numbers. Yeah, you can't spam them flamers and horrors because you've got six plague drones that take up six of your valuable shot cap, even though the shooting on them is pretty shit unless they've got a herald stood next to them buffing their shooting. I think so, the shooting's okay. It's it's alright just for sneaking off a little wound. Like, although saying that, it, it has got its uses. Like, if you've got a couple of wounds left on the unit, you shoot them, kill them, then you can charge out of combat because you're no longer in combat. Yeah. So, it's, it's useful. Um... So then the um, prosecutors with the javelins. Tasty. I really like these. Um, basically, they they, well. they, they do look, look well really angelic. Cool. They're all leaning forwards. They look badass. I think I think the looks a big thing for me. I really like the round shields. Um, they're kind of what I'd imagine they should be armed with. Yes, definitely. They look like they should have Greek symbols on or something like that. Really. Yeah. Um, and so they've got a javelin which is 18 inch range and it's freeze and freeze one attack but it's damage two if you're outside the nine so obviously it gets around the shot cap that way because you've got three guys that's three shots but potentially you could do six damage um, they the, the prime makes an extra attack in the shooting phase as well and you've also got this storm surge trident weapon you can have which is basically damage two basic um, regardless of range, and it's got a rend of one. So it's, it's not got a rend of one in combat. Yeah, it has. Yeah, and in combat it's the same. So it's it's damage two in combat with a rend of one. Um, these guys are pretty awful in combat, though. I mean, yeah. fours and fours is pretty pretty junk. Um, but they've still got the three d six charge, um, and they can charge up to eighteen, and they can reroll save rolls of a one. So I think these are. I think the angels are pretty squishy as it is. They're really fragile, but they they're so useful. But I quite like these as like an assassination piece. So just they could write good at getting close and then just like chipping into that character. Um, the trident you can give to the prime as well, which will then mean shooting twice with it. So he could potentially shoot for um, freeze and freeze with minus one damage too. So he could potentially do four wounds. Everything with wings, there's potential for a lot of very glass hammer fragile synergy, I think. Mm. Yeah, I think the... Um, I'm not sure if the Celestial Hammers are better, but I plan to build both units, so I'm going to have six with javelins and six with hammers. Wow. to give me... Cause a, lot got, of fl- a lot of flat flaps. <laughs> yeah, well, I've got I've got three from the wings. starter set, and I've got... Um, I bought the expansion, which comes with three, and I bought two boxes anyway, so I've got 12, so... Oh, okay. I've got all the, the models, so the, it's just... Do the starter set ones only come with one option, or...? They're all yeah. hammers in the starter set. Okay. I don't, I don't think if you run the hammers, you'd ever run the shields on them. I could be wrong, but I think ones to hit in shooting and combat is better than ones on your save. Oh well, yeah, you. Especially on a unit that's quick, because you're always basically going to be dictating the. I, I think they work better with the aggressive option. But there you go. Um, 
then we've got to talk about the, the main man, haven't we? The Prime. The Prime. I don't actually know what he does, so this will be interesting for me. You didn't know what he does. You tell how good he was. Well, no, I said other people said how good he was. He's amazing. He was pretty. <laughs> he's 12-inch move, which is amazing. Bravery 10, which, you know, he's kind of good against Terror Guys, I guess. Eight wounds, three up save. So if you get him into the terrain, that's two up. Um, he's got the... He's basically he's got a Comet Strike Scepter, which is 24-inch range. Um... You basically, in the shooting phase, you pick a point, roll a d6, and each model with that many inches takes d3 mortal wounds. So, that's pretty good. You've basically, if you comboed that with the banner and, and the, um, herald or you could potentially do, you know, like 3d3, the mortal wounds to everything within range of that, whatever it is you're doing. Um, now he's got this retribution from on high, so instead of setting him up, you must place him in the celestial realm, um, and in your movement phase, you can declare whether he will strike or remain. Um, each basically each round he spends in the realm add two to the attacks characteristic of Garmaraz. So when the um, when he strikes, set him up nine inches to the enemy. Uh, that's his move, and then basically um, subtract. Oh, I didn't realise this. Until your next hero phase, subtract two from the bravery of all models in the enemy unit within 12 of him. I didn't know he did that. I didn't know he did that either. So, um, so he synergizes with the dudes who... The decimators, yeah. Yeah. So that's minus four bravery. Well, it's minus two bravery and adding two to roll. Pretty tasty. That's, that's pretty... That's pretty nice. That'd be enough to worry most armies, to be honest. Even bravery 10 would be shitting at that. Um, and then he's basically... He's got a two-inch reach with... Depending on how many realms he spent in the celestial realm, he'll have he'll basically have um, sort of if you come down on like turn three, he'd have six attacks. So uh, hits on threes, wounds on twos, rend minus three, which I think is the biggest thing, um, and it's damage free. So that's pretty amazing. And then. What the best thing about him is, although you're nine inches away from enemies, you think actually it's quite hard to roll a nine on two dice. He has this ability called Ori of the Celestial Fates. So, um, once per turn, you can change the roll of one of your dice. Per turn? Yes. What? Yeah. I thought it was per game. No, once per turn. Wow, that's amazing. You can change the roll of one dice for him, only him though, not any roll, to um, any roll of your choice. So, if you rolled your charge, as long as you roll a three or more on one of the dice, you can make the other dice a six and charge. So, if basically... You have to make it first time, you get to save that up for in combat. Yeah. Or his armor save, shooting or, or whatever. something. The only problem with doing it with the shooting is before the charge phase. So, uh, you... Because you could make the radius of his strike six inches. So, um, and if you think about that, if you do charge in and the strikes hit stuff that you're not charging and they take a couple wounds, lose a couple models, and then he goes in and kills a load of stuff, then everything that's taken casualties is at minus two to their bravery. It's pretty good. And if you combo that with the banner and you drop the banner, the Thunderstrike banner thing that did mortal wounds or, or you know, you're basically chipping off wounds everywhere, that yeah. all those bravery tests, that's pretty... That you bravery, just, I didn't realise that. That's yeah, really set good. up you're, like a bomb. 
yeah, like potentially a bomb. allowing, if there's one unit you specifically want to charge, though, and you do a couple of wounds, you're potentially making that charge further away, which is something that's worth considering, I guess. Yeah, I guess so, but, you know, that you could shoot past that unit and then charge that unit. So you could specifically char- shoot something that's not near that unit, so yep. you're only damaging stuff that you will be within 12 of when you charge, but not at the start of the, when you drop. Yeah, definitely. Does that make sense? Yep, he's a tricksy piece. He, I think he's one of the things that makes the unit army interesting, because he gives you different options. It's that, without him, I think the army becomes very predictable. How would you feel about him going back up to four comp? He already has. Well, he was 3.5, but yeah, he's back up to four. Do you still think it's worth taking him? I think you have to take him. I think you always take him. I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure that 3.0, 3.5 or 4 comp, whatever, but he's an, you have to have him, I think, because he gives you something that you, you know, especially in the clash, okay, I can drop and charge your big monster and probably kill it before it strikes me. Well, or you're playing the capture yeah, three objectives. Clear that objective off. It's like, well, yeah, he can't capture himself, but it doesn't matter because whatever he lands on isn't going to be able to capture anything anymore either. No. So he just comes in. Doesn't matter if he dies. If you're playing for the primary objective to, you know, take, you know, three pieces of terrain or whatever, just comes in, mercs one unit off a piece and goes, yeah. Okay. I think him being off the table for, you know, half the game is a problem. It is. Because you're not getting the value out of him. Yeah, but you I know that late game you're going to get something out of him. I think a lot of people will be tempted to wait potentially too long as well. Yeah. I think that's what Pete waited too long against me. He left him up too long. Um, yeah, I think he's, um, I think he's really good. Cool model as well. Uh, opinions on the swells while we're on the model and the wings and all that jazz. So I have a guy, no swells, which I chopped off, which I'm still not sure about, but I did. It's definitely irreversible now, and I've left the wings off also, but they're probably going to go on at a later date. What do you think of the swells? Um, I like them. I'm not sure. I need to see it built to make the decision, really. I think they're something that's very hard to paint well, because they, they are... A, really cartoony. That's the they problem. They are a gimmick. That's that's the issue. Like Not that that's a bad thing, but they are a, a physical gimmick modelling-wise, and they're not easy to paint. You've got some nice bits in there to. to I just add don't depth. quite understand what it meant a bit. Why it's even got like sperm, splooji blob things, and then it's got like a stupid like little gold, like sensor things in there. I don't get it. I don't know why it's there. No, I'd rather there was something a bit more dynamic and. I'd rather it was just like Nagash. It just had like it was just like like swirls, like yeah. normal like energy. I don't quite understand why they made it look like galaxies and sperm. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I've seen think... a couple of better painted ones, painted ones recently, which have helped change my mind a little, but I chopped mine off. So I haven't decided if I'm going to cut mine off or not. I'd be tempted with mine if I do one, which I'm now I'm going to at some point, is I would cut all that stuff away from the bottom of him. And you know how in, like... Avengers and Iron Man and shit, whenever Iron Man lands, he hits the deck really fucking hard, like fist first into the ground, and everything around him sort of, like, moves. Yeah. I'd have him, like, 
his base would be a fucking great big crater and everything was exploding out of it to look as if he just hit the ground like a meteorite. I was going to say this, but I think that would a lot involve quite a lot of very, very difficult uh, either boiling water or steam repositioning of the cloaks because they're thick. Like, I considered that with mine. I wanted him, if at all possible, I wanted like that classic comic book pose and this would have involved a lot of remodeling of like uh, one leg bent, knee on the floor, other leg out in front a bit, like foot flat, and then the hand that's the opposite side to that foot laid flat and just the ground fucked around him in a crack. Yeah, that's what that I would, that's what I'd be doing. You basically awesome. re-sculpt the model. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be up for that. Um, well, I think he's, I think he's kind of he's hiding his middle bits anyway where the model is. So I think the, the repositioning of the legs wouldn't be as hard. It's the cloaks and uh, basically and the loincloth and the belt buckle. Oh no, they're they're so thin that well, you can just chop the belt buckle off. Done. It's a separate yeah. piece anyway. The loincloth really thin. You just melt that off somewhere or um, heat it up with steam. It's the big thick cloaks and because they're kind of uh, uh, they're rippled, that makes them more diff. If it was a flat cloak, you could just bend it up in one, but because they're rippled I'm not sure how you'd go about doing it. I'm sure someone will do it and it will look the bomb. Just do away with the cloak. Just have a dude with a hammer. Yeah. Just have him smashing up the ground. That'd be be awesome. The model's not got bad detail under the cloak actually, so that is that's possible. You'd have to do some stuff on his back, though. So the wings don't quite hide it. Hmm. Not sure, but I think he's a really nice model, um, even if you take him straight out of the box. Oh, it's I'm probably going to... I haven't decided if I'm doing swirls or not. I do quite like the idea of cutting it out and just putting a pin for his foot, just brass rodding him to the base. Um, Evil Emperor floating around. Yeah, and, yeah. and probably just cutting like even like where you've got the the cloak swirls to f- hit the floor is literally the loincloth and that is just cut all that shorter and just use the pin to hold him in the air. Yes. Because um, I think if you've got that length of his cloak billowing down, you kind of need something to fill out the base. I could lower him down a bit and just make him look a little bit. But then I don't know if the base is too big. I need to put something on the base if I look a bit lost. So Yeah, well, I went a bit AWOL with my base. <laughs> I it's was thinking eight. about, I quite like this ski ball Spartan stuff. It fits, especially if you've got a few of the flappy guys with their shields going on. Mm-hmm. That is a theme that I think would look incredible. Yeah, the round, like the hoplite shields, is that what they're yeah. called? The, the round yeah. shields were like the A, or the upside down V or whatever it is on there. Yeah. That would look amazing. Yeah, I, I think the, um, the, there are some options you can do. There's some good heads you can get from... Um, other manufacturers as well that could alternate heads. The ones Dave used on his Spartan Warrior Chaos Army. You could do something like that. Are they Roman, I don't know what they were from. Um, I think they might be Cyborg. I, I, be I found um, there was a company called Puppets War that wrote the ETC, and they do a load of different heads. They do everything from like Flaming Skulls to Grim Reapers to um, Cowboys to Orc. Oh, they Cowboy Justicars. That's <laughs> what you want. And they do like a really nice set of Greek helmets. They do some weird alien ones as well. They do some demonic iron face ones, which I think are meant to be like iron warrior ripoffs, but they're like skull, robotic skull faces. So there's definitely some options, but I've started basically assembling my dudes, so yeah. I'll probably just use the box. I saw someone use Necron helms, like the heads yeah. from Necrons. They look awesome really good. as well. Like they looked really cool. The head just fell off my dude, and I'm. Maybe that's fate. Maybe I need to give them all different heads. I you think... need to put him a high elf head with long, flowy blonde hair. 
<laughs> you could get the old um was it the Larial's head. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, there's a really nice plastic elven head where the hair's all like blown up. I think it's off the bolt thrower. Oh yep. Yeah. I think there's one on the dragon actually you as could well. Do the them dragon all, mage. Like, yeah. That looks so bad. You could basically do them all with like like proper beautiful flowing hair in their golden armour. Gold Goldilocks hair. And you could you could get like a load of human just like human long haired, good looking faces and just do the whole army without helmets and they've all just like Oh yes, we're we're gonna go fight the chaos now. Just like an angelic boy band haughty. army. <laughs> yeah. Angelic boy band haughty army. Okay. Yeah. Be, I, I think it would be quite fun. Of no um, the Prime on his left kneecap has VP. So he's the vice prime. Or the vice pres of the or he's prime very club. important. So basically, we're waiting on the president model now, aren't we? <laughs> God, he's going to be big. Maybe he'll be RK on scale. Yeah, maybe. I wouldn't be surprised. I think that'd be cool. Um, but there's definitely some, definitely some scope for messing around with this model. I don't think you really want to do it straight out the, you know, straight out the box. It's something I'll do next year at some point, just to have a little play around with. I still haven't decided with my army if I'm going to start using some like resin terrain bits on the bases or just use cork and stuff. I haven't really decided. Some of the skee ball base and stuff would look quite good, but yeah, it's just one of those I just things. Corked up all my blight kings. They look nice. I doubled up on the hammers on mine, uh, which I think looks quite good as well. They're both held at exactly the same angle. It was a real ball lake, uh, and it also makes it harder to get the wings on. But and it also had all the fluff bunnies screaming at you. Well, mine, he gets an extra two attacks with each gamble, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he attacks <laughs> twice. They, you guys... just get to reroll once, mate. You've obviously not seen the Twin Age of Sigmar, yeah. <laughs> the Age of Sigmar standard, which is, yeah. oh, you've got two of the same weapon, reroll once to hit. I on turn, uh, turn five and do 50 attacks, so you've just smashed my options. <laughs> if there's <laughs> only one Garmaraz, how does Carl Franz have it if Optimus Prime has it? Yeah, he doesn't, technically, because he doesn't exist. When they, I guess when they redo will be, Slan imagined it. <laughs> Slan, Slan imagined it. <laughs> you could literally blame Slan for everything. Wizard did it. Slan imagined Wizard it. Wizard did it. Um, Fucking Slan. Age of Sigma. Then, that's yeah. all the That's that's all the scrolls. So, quite a lot we talked. But now this is probably where the army becomes interesting. And that's the War Scroll battalions. And really potentially complicated as well if you're trying to use multiples or have options yeah so um the in the book there's a couple that aren't in the book and there are actually a couple that aren't in any book they're only on the app i don't like that no i'm not massive fan of it but um it's everyone's got access to it haven't they so yeah everyone's you know if you haven't got a phone or internet access then just yeah it's not for you uh, <laughs> um so just to give a little bit of the two that aren't in the book, um, just because they're worth talking about, really. They definitely are. Uh, let me just get on my phone. Um, so we have the uh, host Azuric and the Skyborn Slayers, and both of these I think are pretty good. So the host Azuric is one prime, uh, one knight Azros, which is the flying lantern, one knight Vexilor, which is the pick up a unit and drop it banner, one knight Heraldor, which is the tutti man, uh, one knight Venator, which is the bow 
angel dude phoenix bird. Four <laughs> units of prosecutors, which are the angels. Three units of liberators, which are your standard dudes. Two units of judicators, which are your bow dudes. And one unit of retributors. Roughly how many pull points is that? Just uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, uh, thirteen, sixteen, nineteen. You can't take this in clash. Cool. Okay. It's too many. Because if you, even if you have all these men, and the formation costs one point five, so you can't actually take it. Yep. Just because they've changed the comp on the prime in the Vexilor. If they hadn't, you could take it. So that extra point of comp has made it so you made can't a use the unit. Yeah. It's a shame, really, because it's got a really, really good ability. So, um, basically, instead of setting up everything in the army, um, apart from the two angel characters, um, you, you say they're in the celestial realm. At any movement phase after the first, so you can't come down in the first turn, you can come down on the battlefield, set up more than nine for the enemy. That's their move. An enemy, any enemy unit within 15, when it arrives, halves its movement and it only rolls one dice when trying to charge. I really think that's a bit situational. Um, and then basically, if you resolve an attack from the Prime's Comet Strike Scepter, you can set up a new Stormcast Eternal unit within 10 of the point you picked. Adding it to your army. <laughs> so, so he basically just starts commenting down Stormcasts. Um, obviously, Fluffy, with, but yeah, but with tournament play, not really appropriate. Yeah, it's probably a good thing you can't take it. Well, you wouldn't, well, you'd just have to take less units than the units that you didn't have. But the problem is, is that you can't fit it in anyway, so. Bit of a shame. Well, like that one. Um, then you've got the Skyborn Slayers. You can have this one. So one Lord Celestin, that's the guy on foot with the hammer cloak. Um, two units of liberators, two units of judicators, one unit of decimators and one unit of protectors. So basically it's, it's pretty good. Um, and instead of setting up a unit from Skyborn Slayers on the battlefield, you can place it and say it's in the Celestial Realm. Uh, in any of your movement phases, you can transport all units, so you can't do them one at a time like you can with the Thunderstrike Brotherhood. Um, onto the battlefield, pick a point anywhere on the battlefield um, and then um, set up all units within 12 of that point more than 5 from enemy models so actually you can get a lot closer with this one and such is the dedication that units from this formation never take Battleshock wow so Bonus. pretty good, especially as the Lord Celestin gives you plus 1 to hit um, and you can drop him with your decimators and protectors right next to your enemy, with your judicators behind shooting and your liberators to go and like stop the counterattacks. So there's good synergy here. Um, yeah, and I don't know whether that counts as moving. I think it does, doesn't it? Uh, that is their move for the movement phase. But whether you could argue you get to shoot three times with your bolt crossbows, I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> um, that's a pretty regardless. good Because actually in the comp, I think that's only... I think that's quite cheap. you got like... Four, five, six, uh, nine, ten. Ten comp. But I think the formation is 
Yeah. So it's 11.5 comp. And then I think there is another formation which would synergize really nicely with that, um, which is the Hammer Strike Force, which would come into its own, which I think is uh, four, five, six, seven and a half. So with eleven and a half, seven and a half, and then the banner dude, that's twenty. So um, is it seven and a half including its formation yes, cost? Yes. Tasty. So you could basically do that formation, the hammer strike force, and have the banner for dropping a unit. So there's a really nice that's that's quite a nice synergy there. Um it's a bit limited on what you what you've got in your army, but it's quite cool. Um obviously no prime either. You've got pull choices, you can switch around and, and do whatever as you see fit and just take the guys from the mm. from the formation. How do formations work under the comp? Is it you just once you've deployed Yeah, you just say, that... I'm gonna take this formation. So you don't need to put it into your pools as an option, you just deploy the units and then say and one point five is this formation. So having a wide variety of units makes more yeah. sense in this. So you don't have to put in your levels. thirty pools, these are the formations I might want to use and reduce your units. You just take your units you want, and then if you want to use the formation, you deploy the right units and say, and pay the cost. That makes sense. Yep. So, um, this one's, no, this next one's now takeable because it's, it's, um, there's no hero cap. The, um, Lords of the Storm formation, which you can actually take now because there's no hero cap, is, um, you basically you can you take a Lord Celestin or Celestin on Drakhoff, one Lord Relictor, one unit of Griffhounds, uh, two to five of the following: Lord Calaston, Knight Herald or Knight Vexil or Knight Azeros, Knight Venetus. It's basically all your heroes. Um, now what this does is it adds one to the bravery of all Stormcast units um, within six of one of or more of your heroes. But what it does do, it says, wave of celestial might. If at least three heroes in this battalion within three of each other in your opponent's hero phase, roll a dice for each enemy unit that is within three of them. On a four up, the unit is battered by a wave of celestial energy, suffers one more wound for each hero within three, uh, and an enemy unit that suffers wounds from this wave must retreat in the next movement phase. Wow. So basically you force them in their go to not be able to fight you and they've got to run away. This is a this is one for the aggressive armies who want to be in combat. Yeah, it, it's pretty good because it's in their go. So you could in your go you can charge in and then in their go they have to run away. Basically forcing them to not be able to do anything because if you retreat you can't shoot, you can't charge. And then you could charge yeah, them nice. again. And then in their go they have to run away again. So, so you can literally, yeah, you can literally push them around. Um, it's a stun attack, isn't it? This one's quite computer gamey, I think. Yeah. In the way that it is, if you've got all the bits in place, you you ram them forwards, and then they kind of stun your enemy backwards, and they reel for a turn, and you do it again and again and again. And you could potentially take, um, because it says units chosen any combination, so you could potentially take three of the angel characters. So they're all really quick. And if you've got the guys with the lanterns, you could literally like charge them in. They're pretty choppy. And then you could shoot the unit you've charged and fight them. And then they have to run away. And then they could charge another unit and push them around. And in the comp, being the fact you have to, you have to get people off objectives, it's really useful. Yeah. 
because you could basically go and push people off objectives. So what's your roughly what's the com score of the uh, of this choice and its uh, and its battle score? It, it's very Italian. variable because they've all got diff- you could take any combination. Yeah. But basically, if you take the cheapest, it's going to be one, two, three, four and a half for Six. just just to take four characters. But you'll probably take more than that, and then about seven. Yeah, you look at about seven or eight basically if you want to take decent characters and stuff. Um, but the guys, the angel guys with the bows, are also an option in this. Um, they don't want to be in the thick of it quite as much as other things do. No, but they they do want to push up, push a unit away that gets near you, and but then still be shooting. Um, the I mean it's a good it's a good formation. I think you could literally have this in you, if you're not going to take another formation, you could literally take this anyway because it gives you plus one bravery and it gives you this option to the celestial wave, which I think is really really broken. I think um, this is uh, one that used well it would be incredible, but I can imagine people cocking up its use. It would be so frustrating or... to play against someone who knows how to use it properly. Because you can literally just basically force people to have to run, and then you it's, it's pretty massive, to be honest. You bully um, your opponent backwards. They can never shoot you or fight you or cast any spells or do anything because they're constantly is, bloody retreating. Well, stuff that's within range of them. The problem, the problem with it is, is you basically you have to charge a unit. Out. You you have to charge a unit to do it, because only three inches. So basically, if you're in combat with them, with three of your heroes, they're going to run away and take damage. But the problem you've got is that if they're a good enough unit to kill you in return, anyway, you don't yeah, want to put all three potential. characters in. You've lost the potential and if they the kill the battle, then as well. Yeah, and if they kill one character, then they don't do it. So it's a little bit risky. And then if you get the double turn, they don't retreat, so you're still stuck into combat with... Yeah, that's true. I mean, you could, te- potentially, if you've got the angel guys, is run away, I guess, but or just open the lantern. Because if you had three of the lantern guys, you could all open the lantern on that turn, and that's every unit of an eight taking D3 mortal wounds, so it's 3D3. And if they're chaos, that's 3D6 mortal wounds to every unit of an eight. Yeah, it's like and a croak bomb. Yeah, so you could literally charge in with three lanterns. If it's your go next in your hero phase, you open up the lanterns. If it's their go, they have to run away. They take three mortal wounds anyway. Um, it's got its uses, and the angel guys are quite strong because they've got a free up save, so they're quite hard to kill. Um, yeah. And it, you've got the Lord Relector as well, who can heal heal your heroes. Yeah. So potentially you can keep them alive by using him to heal them. Um, do you think people will will take this thinking it's a, a no-brainer one and then... Realise it's really finessey and situation. Yeah, overexposed yeah. heroes and you've yeah. just wasted 1.5 points, basically. Yeah. I think I don't think it's worth 1.5 pool choices, but it's definitely interesting. Um, Thunderhead Brotherhood, which is three units of liberators and two units of adjudicators. So again, this is another one that you might... You're probably going to take this anyway. It's very doable. Um... And what this does is if any unit attacks Judicate a unit from the Thunderhead Brotherhood, check whether it's possible to draw a straight line from the attacking unit um, to a model in the target unit without crossing one inch of any other Brothers Liberators. 
If it's not possible, then add one to the save roll you make for the judicators. So basically, it gives them like plus one armor save if you're shooting across them. Um, Seems a little bit faffy. Yeah. Uh, basically, just they just protect your bow guys from shooting. Um, not that I think you really need it because they've got a longer range than most shooting. Um, and then it's got this wellspring of thunder. Whilst the unit from this battalion is within eight of at least two others, it's thunder charge. You can reroll wound rolls of one. So this is really good because basically, if you use this as a block, as a blob, you're basically rerolling ones to wound, um, and that's shooting and combat. So pretty good. Um, yeah, tasty. Not sh- again. Not sure it's worth 1.5 comp. I think some of the formations are over comp because he's just put a blanket 1.5 across well, all of them. Everything, everything was 1.5. Then two went up to two, and I think that one particularly has been hit hard. Given that, which is like, the other one that's gone up to two then? Um, I the teleporting one, isn't it? But there's several. So yeah, I can't remember which one it is. I can have a check in a sec. But I think given the units that are in this, it's very hard for it to be worth 1.5 because it's just five units of fairly normal dudes. Yeah. Uh, you're not benefiting a prime or a load of protectors or or anything really fighty, the paladins. It's just my standard guy's got a tab more resilient. That's definitely... I think that one's been smashed with the combat. The Exemplar Chamber, which I don't think you'd ever take that. That's, the chambers are like... Oh, it's huge. It's huge. I don't yeah. even know if you could... I don't know if that's physically possible to say that, but we'll have a look. Um, so the, maybe he's done it just so you cannot take it. Don't know. But, um, the Hammer Strike Force, which is the one that I probably will take, and I really like this one. It's basically two units of Retributors and one unit of Prosecutors. So can I, before you talk about it, can I stop you there? The fact that whatever happens in here is affecting so few things, do you think that's been overlooked in some of the, uh, some of the prices of the battle scroll, sorry, the the war scrolls, the formations, like only three units. Um, yeah, I, I just literally think he's put one point five on all of them, and then he's expecting people to play it and reduce it because he doesn't know and he doesn't want to do it lower than it like the skin patrol effect. Yeah, I think it's just a blanket comp. It's a shame, really, because I think with like the prime going up and the vexilor going up. It's. I think it's had a bit of a negative effect on on the army in a way. A lot um, of the things that you could easily fit in the army as a matter of course, and they're affecting basic units being hit with 1.5. You could just have another one of those basic units, and they'd probably do a lot more. Yeah. Or a unit that's not so basic. Yep. Because um, I think some of them they restrict you because you have to take certain units you probably wouldn't bother with. Because you probably wouldn't bother taking Liberators unless you had to. What, not just for objective control? Well, why use them for objective control when you can use Angels? Or you can use which? Because they're the cheapest thing for 10 wounds, aren't they? Um, No, Griffhounds. I suppose, yeah. You could could take um, 12 wounds worth of Griffhounds that move 9 for one comp. They do more attacks. They haven't got the armour, but doesn't really matter. But oh, like, they can dance out of combat. But for two for two comp, you can get 15 wins of retributors or paladins. Or you can get yeah. 20 wins of liberators. It's like, well... don't know. I mean, you might take them. You might take two units, but... I don't know. I just think... You don't want to take three units, do you? Not really. I certainly wouldn't want to take more than like two units of five. Or maybe 
maybe you take one unit, two units to ten, if you really felt that way, but I'm not sure they're that good. Um, anyway, Hammer Strike Force. Two units of Retributors and one unit of Prosecutors. So they've got this rule called Hammer Strike. So you don't set the Retributors. You can place either both or one of them side by side. So let's say Celestial Realm, blah, 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 blah. Now what you can do is you can, in your movement phase, you can teleport them within six of the Hammer Strike Force's Prosecutors, which are the Angels. So if they've been slain, then you can go nine inches from enemy models. So you're not going to lose you're not going to lose the ability to deploy them if the angels get killed. It's also a bit more flexible, actually. Yeah, but there's no re- distance from the enemy requirement, so if you get the angels close to the enemy, you can drop two units of retributes on their face, yeah. um, and with the banner, you could then drop another unit down, so you're effectively, you've got three units of paladins you can drop in, in a very uh, wherever you need them to be, because the angels are quick, because their movement 12, and if you've got a Heraldor, you could give them run and charge if you really wanted to fight with the Angels anyway. Um, not that you really would. I'd probably take the Javelin Angels for this. Um, so, the and the other thing as well is when the units come down um, within six of the Prosecutors, they're supercharged, so you get to add one to any wound rolls you make for the unit. So that has a massive... Um, that's have like quite a nice little bonus just to go okay look and a wound easier so it's like a little bonus when they deploy um but i quite like this one because you've got the unit of angels on the table that can shoot and harass and then if you need to you can just drop both units down like where the angels are it's a bit more predictable from your opponent because you know they've got to be where the angels can go but the fact the angels have got a 12 inch move with a potential six inch Move, run um, it, you can get them in really good positions I think definitely uh, yeah, and it's I'd not a very restrictive one. one, it's only 3 units so yeah and the units you're probably going to take there. anyway Agreed. so you're, you're basically, you could minimum on this is 6.5 comp and that gives you 1 unit of 3 angels and 2 units of 5 retributors so it's pretty good with the ability to teleport so it's Potentially, I mean, you could take that formation twice, I guess, if you really wanted to. Can you take the same formation multiple times? You don't see why you can't. You can't. Yeah. yeah. You just take two hammer strike forces. I don't see why you couldn't. Yeah. Um, this next one's really interesting as well, the Vanguard Wing. So it's three units of Prosecutors, which are the Angels, and one unit of Liberators. Now, what this does is the um, Liberators, which is the Hammer Weapon Shield dudes, um, are empowered whilst they're within eight of the prosecutors. If a hit roll of an attack made by these liberators is six or higher, you make two wound, wound rolls, so they can do a bit more damage. But yeah, really, cool. what the best thing about this is storm streak. So instead of moving in the movement phase, the Vanguard Wings liberators can teleport to where the one unit of the prosecutors are. So basically, you could have three units of prosecutors. And you could teleport your liberators to any of those three units every turn. So you I'll could run them. and it's, you can move the angels, then teleport them. So in Clash, this is amazing because literally you can go, right, they're on that objective, move, drop the liberators, the liberators charge, they chop it, you shoot them. Next turn, the opposite side of the battlefield where you've been harrying that unit with your shooting, from that other angel unit, 
you teleport the liberators all the way across the other side of the board and take that objective as well. Amazing. Like, yeah. So good. And then the best thing about this as well, you can leave the angels on the objective to hold it. So you would take the liberators. They do have a place. Oh, in this, this they do, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I probably would take them anyway because I've got the models. I quite like them. And, you know, but I mean, you would take a big unit. You could take 15 liberators in this as one unit. Yeah. I was going to say that. The the ones where you're... The war scores where you've got few units, having bigger ones potentially gives you a lot more value for money if you've got force multiplier effects or re-rolls or mm. anything like that. Well, the fact that every six to hit is two is two wound rolls makes them a lot more choppy. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I like this. I like this formation. I just think it's cool. You've got this unit of protecting guys that 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 sort of streaking across the battlefield where they're needed. A lot of it does, and uh, they mentioned this on the recent Heal and Hammer as well. Things play like they feel they should fluff-wise, which is ironic yeah. given that the fluff seems to be <laughs> a bit lacking currently and is catching up with stuff. The, yeah, the I think what they mean is the, the old PDFs, if you think of it as in the old world, they play like they should do in the old world rather than the new world or whatever yes. it is. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was reading that Gates of Azure, but it's awful. And um, I think one of the bits that the guy sort of is like, challenging Vandus and he says about he's like going to rule the earth and I'm thinking you're not on earth you're in the realm of fire whatever it's called so not really the right thing but anyway um, I'll I'll forgive the uh, the the writing in the book it's pretty it's pretty bad I guess if you were 12 you'd think it's amazing Um, (laughs) so (laughs) the devastation brotherhood is the next one Um, and this is one unit of Retributors, one unit of protectors, one unit of decimators, and one unit of prosecutors. Basically, this is like all the good stuff. Um, In ones as well, so you're not tied down to having multiples of the same stuff. Yeah. Um, Crushing Assault. If models from the three Paladin units inflict wounds on the same enemy unit in the same combat phase, let's just see how likely that's going to happen with your movement for guys that can't teleport. Um... The enemy unit suffers a further D6 mortal wounds at the end of the phase as they're smashed to dirt. So, meh. Meh, because if you've got three units of retributors fighting one thing, I don't think they're going to be alive. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you literally go, okay, I've got my decimators, protectors, and, and, and retributors all fighting the same unit, are there going to be any model left after they've all attacked? I don't think so. <laughs> Um, very, very situational. Use might it to be, kill the Glockkin. Yeah, it might be good if you're trying to kill something like Archeon or the Glockkin. Probably, probably useful. Um, but then again, I still think that's whether that D6 wounds will make a difference or not is another thing. Um, and you've got to do wounds from all three Paladin units. So if one of the units fails to do a wound, you don't get it. Yeah. So very situational. Really situational. Yeah. So I'd, I'd actually be worried against Archeon that you're actually going to do wounds with some of the units. Especially the Decimators. I suppose if you've got Star Soul Maces you can kind of get away from it, but he does get a 5 up more wound save, so... Yeah. Um, Heralds of Ruin. In your hero phase you can pick an enemy unit within 9 of the Prosecutors. So that's the Angels. Until the next hero phase, while the Prosecutors are within 9 of that unit, subtracts 1 from its bravery... And in addition, before it moves, roll a dice and subtract that many inches from the distance it can move. Uh, pff, whatever. If you're within nine of them, you, it doesn't matter if you get your movement reduced, you're still going to be able to charge them and fight them. 
I don't think it makes... I mean, it might be good for holding a unit that is trying to get to an objective. Yeah. You could potentially slow someone down if they're I'm trying to run somewhere. To find uses for most but parts of this. I, I think this is so situational that you're, you're just paying 1.5 comp for nothing. Not I think if it's free, you might go, well, why not? Because it might come out up and I'm going to take these units anyway. But... It's yeah. not in- inconsequential at 1.5. No, exactly. Um, this one, the next one's interesting. I don't know how this works in the comp because it involves a piece of scenery. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> so this is Wardens of the Realm Gate. So you take a Lord Callistant, a Griffhound unit. And you don't have to; it's not to one. A unit of Protectors, a unit, two units of Liberators, and a Bell for Realm Gate. So you don't set up the Realm Gate when setting up the scenery for the table. Instead, set up immediately after setting up the Battalions, Lord Callistant. Calistant. Um or Castellant, I should say. Um, summon reinforcements. Roll a dice in your hero phase if the battalion's Lord Calastant is within six of the realm gate. If you're four or more, you can place a Stormcast Eternal unit, either a new unit from your collection or one that was slain only in the battle within six of the realm gate, more than three from the enemy as reinforcements. Which basically is doesn't really do anything because you might as well just set up on the table normally. Because in the comp it would come out of your pool allowance, so it's yeah. really junk. Um, <laughs> I can't really see the point of that. Um, and celestial barrier, you can. This is really good if you were playing a defensive game like capture the center. Um, you can re-roll failed save rolls for units from this battalion that are within six of the of the um, protectors. Well, actually, it's you not can. even with the realm gates with the protectors. Yep. So the protectors allow you to re-roll your armor saves. Keeping stuff within six of one unit, pretty, a lot more doable. Yeah, so basically the protectors give would give your liberators and your character a re-rollable armor save, and themselves. So that's pretty good, if you want to be that defensive. That does make those super tanky, actually, those liberators. But you'd want to, you'd probably want to go full, like, double-handed weapons then, because they get to re-roll the armor anyway. So you wouldn't go hand weapon shield, you'd go, like, set of two grand blades or two well not grand blades two uh, what are they called lightning hammers or whatever they're called hammers and swords power weapons yeah, yeah. Um, I don't really think there's point talking about the chambers because you can't take them they're just fucking huge because literally it's like it's like having four war battalions under one chamber so, so if you've got two thousand pounds you can yeah, play with this two thousand pounds and fifty hours to play this game because you could, you need three hammer strike forces, three Thunderhead Brothers, and one Lord of the Storm formation to make a warrior chamber. Can you imagine the combats in a game of that size? You go, I yeah. go, you go, I 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 go. Be awful. Um, you could just move the models on, like, I don't know, with big sticks, like rooms, <laughs> just say, big them. dinner plates. It says, basically, you can just use lightning strike for everything. And if there is at least 50 models on the battlefield, then you can re-roll wound rolls for all your models. <laughs> so, pretty ridiculous. Um, I'm sure there'll be a big game at some point that would be quite fun. If you were playing, maybe in like an evening of a tournament, and you wanted to play on like a 12-foot board and have three Stormcast players all combine their armies, you could probably do it. But, yeah. I'm not going to turn up normally. Not, not so much. Um, the Harbinger Chamber. So, one Lord of the Storm formation of three Vanguard Wings. Um which is the one with the 
three units of prosecutors and the liberators. I think this might be doable. Three, three vanguard wings is nine prosecutors. Um, no, because the shot no, cap. We get well the shot cap. Also, you add the individual. Oh, you've got a, a, mm, I don't mm. think you'd need the comp on both. You just add it for the, the yeah. chamber. Yeah, you're right. Um, again, they get lightning strike, and they got this celestial nimbus. Um, add one to result of any hit rolls, so it's okay. The exemplar one, which I think is the one they've put up the comp for some bizarre reason. So it's one Lords of the Horn, the Storm, and three Devastation hosts. I think the Devastation host is the one with like all the good stuff in it, but it's impossible to take under Clash Comp because the Devastation host. Let me just have a look. I think is the one where you've got to spend like nine comp anyway. So you've got to spend. Two, so is this the four, one where six, it's seven. Devastation yeah, it's host? Impossible. But it means the Brotherhood. Oh uh, yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Devastation host, but it's Devastation Brotherhood. Yeah. Typo. Yeah, I guess that's what it means. Yep. But you you couldn't take this anyway because just the devastation brotherhoods are twenty one comp anyway. So I don't even know why he's even got him in the chart. I guess if someone wanted to play a big big tournament, then a you could really use really big game. <laughs> but that would probably be amazing because you'd literally you just spam the best units because you'd literally have three units of. Retributors, three units of protectors, three units of decimators, and then all the characters, one of every character, and it gives your whole army lightning strike. <laughs> I think these scenarios are only doable for Games Workshop. Yeah. No one else in the world ends in a Stormcast. I don't know who could do it. <laughs> You're on your way. I've got one, well, you I've got one devastation it. host. No, we could, like, even us three couldn't we do could it. We could combine our powers. Um, like, be like, yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Um, what else we could do, really? Um, like with that, I mean, I don't, I don't really see the point of the chambers that kind of meh. Yeah. And I suppose we should talk about the Thunder Strike Brotherhood or where it is. I haven't got the book to hand, but it's the starter set models basically, and what it managed to do is lightning strike. I don't think I'm missing anything there. And that's dropped within nine, isn't it? Yes. Um, yeah, so that's basically the Stormcast book and just going through all the rules. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm tempted to use some of those um, at Sheffield. I'm not sure yet what I'll get done, but I think that'd be quite cool. I reckon you'll have your army done for Sheffield. Maybe. I mean, I'll probably just mix it with the elves. Um because I think it's more powerful if you do that. Because um, you've got doable. you start adding wizards, um, and even yeah. like a high elf mage. Giving you put Alariel in there. Yeah, she's comp now. She's just two. two. That's still high for what she is. I don't. She can heal your prime. You know. Yeah, but she's never going to be in position to do that because your prime's going to drop down on like turn four anyway. He's probably he's probably going to be an effort to kill him by the end of the game. My biggest issue with the uh, Ilarial is when neither of her spells go off. She is amazing. She is really good, but um, it it bit me a few times at Blood and Glory, and I think Tekla's having plus to cast is um, he's less fancy, and if everything that Ilarial has works, she's better. But I think Tekla's is a lot more reliable. 
Yeah, but he he he's gone up as well, I think. He has. He's two as well. He's two as well. He does what he says, though. Um, and Elariel, you have scenarios with your Frost Harp Phoenixes or whatever where this works and that works, and then the, the world goes I off. I think I'd rather have another banner that I can teleport a unit. Yeah, agreed. Or, or, or have a, you know, I, I just don't, I, I don't know. I just, the more I look at like mixing the armies, I just, I just start dropping the high elf units to put stormcast units in. The only thing that I think would work quite nicely is, um, if you've got like, um, then if you take, let's say if you take Karadrin, you want the wizards to buff him. But then, like, if you take the Wizards to buff and you're not taking the Stormcast heroes, so this is what I was saying about the Grand Alliances in general. I just think by di- take that's trying to go across, you you dilute the army. Yeah, that's the, um, that's the exact word. You dilute. But if yeah. I was taking my Elf army as it was, I wouldn't take like the Sea God. I'd take Judicators. Agreed. So that's that's what I was. The thing is, the things you put in. The things going well for the Stormcast, at least going throughout this review, the ones where we just said they're solid role players, and it's not to do with this combos with this combos with that. It's just these have good range and some armor. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are the the Lantern dude. He makes it easy for everything to hit the thing he's next to. Mm. So potentially, if you've got uh, a couple of fast units, like you've got, um, well, what might be close to what I've got and why I'd consider him is you have a Lantern dude. A unit of dragon princes, like a big one, maybe ten. Some shooting in your army normally, and him, he can run up. Uh, he's not the only thing standing in the middle of all of your enemy, and things can shoot at the bit you're trying to target specifically better. And then your birdie goes in, and your dragon princes go in. And he's done his duty, even if he dies, which he might not. He'd work really well with Valir and Reavers because they've got the speed to get the shoot in near him where you need it. Yeah. The shooting doesn't have to be near him. No, but they, what I mean is is that where he is, obviously you need to be in range of what yes. he's in range of. So having Alir and Reavers are quick enough to move into position where they can shoot the things that are within 10 of him. And then they get to dart back as well. Yeah. He feels, so, I think, if he's not physically assisted, he feels like a bit of a suicide bomb. He's like, yeah, a beacon. Literally. It's pretty tough. I mean, but, what you could do is you could drop a unit of Liberators in front of him with the banner, or or even protectors, and then he's affecting them, but they can't get to him because he's surrounded by uber dudes. Yeah, you're talking about going towards a kind of 50-50 force there, I guess, if you're doing that type of thing. Hmm. If you're combining him. Yeah, like, I think, to me, like I think having a unit of retributors, having the banner, having the judicators as your shooting objective holders, and then having a prime... And then you literally just go out the high elf spruce. You go, well, I'll take Kradrin, Alariel. I'm not going to take Alifanar. I'll take a Venator because he's better than Alifanar. Um, you end up with a lot of, uh, well, you can do it now because the hero pool's been opened up. You end up with like a lot of heroes, yeah. Eight, ten, twelve of your choices being taken up by them. That's um, not necessarily bad thing. Yeah, not quite. I think because the Venator's only one, isn't he? Um, Alariel's two. Prime's four. Yeah, yeah, but you wouldn't take the prime. You'd be in his side pool. Yes. He'd be like, instead of taking Kradrin, you'd take the prime, I imagine. And then I probably wouldn't bother with Kradrin and Alariel because I think it's a bit gimmicky. Um, it's been over, they both, I think they've both gone up in comp as well. Uh, Kradrin um, hasn't, he was Kradrin a got touched. The frost starts haven't gone down, which I, I have issues with. I think mm. four is a lot. And you have to push a lot of your army towards magic that relies on soft wizards. Because I, I think rather than take Kradrin, I just take a prime. I just, I just think he's better. 
because um, the Phoenix Guard have gone up now. So for um, for twenty Phoenix Guards, four comp, or I could take um, ten Retributors or or Protectors or whatever, whatever combination. Yeah, definitely, they've been hit overly aggressively. Um, I think. I think I think Phoenix Guard are really good, but then like you know, I I don't know. The more I look at it, the more I just think. The Stormcasts are flexible enough that you don't really need to swap anything out to get other units in to help fill the gaps because they've got all the stuff they need. You don't want to just dump a wizard in there. Like you could dump Techless yeah. and a Lawmaster in there. You could do, and that gives you your prime rerolling everything. I guess. Yeah, if you, you get that Lawmaster in range, it's yeah. highborn though. Well, it's, it's only not highborn. that Lawmaster. It's that Lawmaster or Techless because he gets to copy his spells, so you get double Hand of Glory. But I think it only affects highborn units. I thought Hand of Glory was just a spell. Yeah, but I think it only affects highborn units. Oh, that really? Good point. Uh, I suppose it, it stops them putting it on like Malekith and shit. So, because <laughs> otherwise you just hit an all master in any of your order armies to make your uber dragon better. Yeah. Um, I'll check yeah. it now, but I'm pretty sure it's highborn. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're right now. Having yeah, said that, yeah. I mean Techless high. Uh, da, 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 da. I mean you could glory ha- glory hole whatever <laughs> unit really. I don't know, but I'd be surprised if it cross synergizes because most stuff doesn't. So um, I just find it now. Uh, yeah, it, you pick a model with an eighteen. Okay, so you could. Uh, it has to be a single one. That's the only restriction. Yeah, yeah. So but you could you could hand of glory your prime then. Yeah, prime prime time. Prime time pay per view <laughs> the fight night. <laughs> that's what it's about. Um, that would yeah, be so like that's that's fairly interesting because you might find Lawmasters sitting into most other armies that have got like a dragon, so yeah. they can make Malekith amazing. Because well, you just re-roll to hit and to wound, don't you? Yeah. The big thing with him and Teclis is Teclis gets to double range. Yes, so here Teclis could do that at 36. So you get... It's a cheap casting value as well. It's a 5. Teclis has got double, and Teclis' ability, I think, is if you get more than something over the... Uh, 2, I think it is. So it's on a 7, yeah. but you get plus 2 to cast. So basically you got to roll a 5. Yeah. Um... The only problem is, is the prime coming down to your movement phase, and they're so you, the turn you come down, you That's wouldn't the have turn it. after, yep. yeah. If he's alive, <laughs> um, which yeah, it's so situational. I don't, don't necessarily think you'd do it. It would be quite good to do it on your Venator though, because your um, your guy with the bow, the sniper dude, he's now re-rolling his shots. God, that would be good. So you're basically getting very good value out of that. Sorry, saying I didn't do it at Blood and Glory, you could have done it on Arafanar. Oh yeah, that um, would have been tasty. Because actually it makes him a really good here's, sli- Here's something piece. that's a bit silly, though. The Empire Master Engineer allows your cannons to re-roll to hit. Mm. He's one comp point now. He's gone up. Yeah. The, the Hand of Glory dude is one. So he could give your cannons re-roll hit and wound. Yeah. Obviously he's got to cast it. You've got to cast it though, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> but I think just be re-rolling to hit and wound is just amazing on a cannon. It's not too shabby. There's, um, I think, well, it's clear from the discussions we're having, it's that thing of not being able to get everything or, or, or where, you, where you cut synergies and where you push them and, and all that stuff. It's really nice and until tournaments open up, you being able to take from multiple factions, people aren't going to get to have that type of headache. And we're not talking about things getting miles better. In a lot of situations, we're talking about having options 
for your sideboard or, or whatever that fits with them in that way. Most armies won't get better. Worry, or the chaos stuff will because of the, the negative effects but I think they, they have. need it. I think they need it I think well. they need to be crossbook because they, they the compendiums don't have the they just don't have the strength to to be effective I don't think. Yeah. Warriors have no shooting other than the hell cannon which is too expensive. Yeah. Um, I mean to be like if you did like a zinch army with like you know flamers in it and stuff it'd be really cool but it would actually be quite useful. Yeah. And that. it's not going to break the game. No. Oh, well, so, well. you know, it's it's cool. Everyone else has got their shooting phase. It and when you're against there. like lizard men who have loads of anti-demon shit, if you've got a load of skaven or warriors sideboarded, you bring them in and and they're yeah, suddenly not getting dipped by bastilodons. Yeah, or croak, or croak, who's being comped up to four point five now. Is he bastilodons? Bastilodons are the four and a half or something as well, aren't they? Yeah, but they are amazing. Um, I still think um, croak's cheap at four point five for what he does. I still like. 25% of your army in them. I mean, yeah, but he's amazing, so I think it's it's probably... He's amazing against demons. He's just that, that area of effect bolt, the D3 is amazing, even if it's not doing D6, it's still amazing. Double turning, he's, uh, he's a tasty boy, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, so I think the the Stormcast stuff's quite interesting. I think as a standalone army, it's rounded enough to be interesting. Um, like the models. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about. No, I think um, Did you guys answer all the questions that you had on Twitter? No. Or? There are a butt ton of them, though, and there were within about 10 minutes. Oh, there really? Yeah. Oh, we should have a look, shouldn't we? As we Do asked. you want to run through? Some of them we have discussed, like we were just talking about Stormcast then, and Grand Alliances was one of them. Well, we won't, we won't cover old ground if we've done it. Let's just get the Twitter account up and have yeah. a look, see what we've got. Start from the top and uh Yeah, it's going in reverse order. Okay, so first one's a part one of two. Well still trying to load it on my phone. <laughs> okay. On a scale of one to awesome, how awesome is the hobby right now? Probably closer to awesome than to one. Uh yeah. I <laughs> I think it's awesome. If you're into it, um, I'm loving the hobby. I, I, I'm really pumped at the moment. Did you tweet it from the Facehammer account? I can't see yes. any questions. Yeah. Um, so, what would you specifically like to see GW do via social media and the net that they're not doing or not doing well? I think more vid- more painting videos. They're doing um, them well anyway. But yeah. So have you it. watched that Archeon one yet? Yeah, we did flick through it. Skim through yeah. it. We yeah, mentioned that at the beginning. Um, for me, what I'd like to see them doing is um this is gonna sound really negative. Um the the, the the sort of the reach out to the podcast thing they started and they just suddenly stopped. Um I'd like to see them actually going on to shows and doing interviews. Yeah, I think yeah. it's only Black Library that do that now. Isn't prom- it? Promoting their what stuff. I'd like to see more upfront information about the direction of the game or things that are coming out, even if they're just not specifics, not just like specifics, but ahead. just literally like, oh, we're watch this space. January's going to be really cool if you're a dwarf player or whatever. You know, little sneak things like that. I mean, I know that Infinity do things called sniper shots, 
So what they're doing is while they're doing like a model that's in like being made, they'll take a, pit, a cl- really close up of one part of that model, like a yeah. foot or a hand or or like a shoulder pad or something, and then they'll just they just put that out. Um, Creates hype. Yeah, just just oh, what could that be? Do you reckon it's this? Um, I would actually like to see them put out some sort of and this. I know it's not going to happen, but like tournament pack or competitive Helpful rules set. Document. Yeah. FAQ house rules document. I'd actually, what I'd like to see them do is expand on the general rules and put some diagrams in. Clarify yeah. things like piling in, things like that. I mean, actually, what would be really useful is if they say the the rule set is going to get updated every six months and then there'll be, there'll be a version and then the version will expand on themes and things as people are playing it. Yeah. They're playtesting it effectively. O- open up an email account that just playtests so people can they send don't, in don't even questions. Need to. They don't even need to. All they've got to do is look at what the community's doing and look at like the prevalent like rules packs and things and then yeah, just true. get an idea and then do their own thing. But I would I would think that you know, that what they're basically doing is getting the community to play test for them. Um but I would actually like to see them update the rules with some of the feedback from the community. Which, yeah. because it's all online now, it's all... The rules are in printed books, though. Yeah, but they are, but that's, you know, that was their decision, wasn't it? I mean, they're going to put them for free on the internet, and then they're going to print them and put them in books. So it's yeah. like, you know, the fact that even if you just clarify or reword things that aren't 100% clear, it would be quite useful. I mean, like, things like piling in is not very clear, Um you know, I'd just like to see a little bit of an update on it, just to clarify things. I know we're doing it ourselves, so they probably just think there's no point. I don't know. I'd just like if to they see a little bit more. Other people would follow. I think. I think the scene would yeah. have got rocking a lot faster if they produced something and people thought, "All right, they do care about competitive play." That's, that's well, even, even if not competitive play, but just play where you can go to a club that you don't say like you're somebody who travels around the country. Twenty dragons against and you, twenty goblins. You go to a gaming club and you want to have a pickup game with someone, and have some guideline to what what you should do. Because rather than having to waste half an hour having a discussion, yeah, you can just go. Oh, we'll just play straight out of this. Yeah, 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 cool. And that's kind of like when you like, like Clash is really good for like a pickup game. I think Dan mentioned it on Heathen Hammer, where you go, oh, it's really good because you can go, we'll play that, yeah. And you've already got you if you know about it, you, your scenarios are pretty balanced. They're not one way or the other. Whereas, like the the scenarios out of the books are more story driven than than competitive play driven. Um, I don't know. I mean, whatever they do, they're going to do their own thing anyway. So, <laughs> um, but from social media, I don't really spend a lot of my time on it anyway. Um, Twitter's the only thing I really look at. I don't spend any time on Facebook. I don't have a Facebook account. Um, I I don't know, like. YouTube videos are good. Uh, the paying videos are brilliant, so I can't really follow yeah, that. Yeah, like saying about getting people on the show, how cool would it be to do a hobby show with that Dunk? Is it Duncan, isn't it? The dude Dunk, who does yeah, the yeah. videos. I'd love just to, to get him and ask his, him about what. How know. he preps. Yeah. What, how does he decide as he's going to use and then lay out all the colours at the start of the tutorial and then work through it? Does he paint one first, then go backwards? Mm. You know, or does he literally theory out all the colours he's going to do? And then apply them. Yeah, maybe just to be interested to know a bit about his hobby background know. anyway. Yeah. Cool. But. Next one. How would you guys go about painting flames and the glowing effect? Something I've always found tricky. That's from Ben TVT. Airbrush. I could probably tell you that when I've 
painted my stormcasts. But I would say a couple of things. Flames, I find just chronically difficult. Uh, the Heavy Metal Masterclass book, which is something you have to scout around for on eBay these days, has a really good one painting the Skull Taker's flames. First of all, choose whether you're going to paint them realistic, inverted commas, being light to dark at the tips, or just traditional, which is where you start off dark and then get light at the tips. And um, I and think secondly, that's what the problem I have, is that flames where you paint them, how they should look, um, don't always work. Don't always look right. The hottest part should be in the middle, but to paint to make it look cool painted, you put it on the outside, which yeah. is the wrong way round. But it looks better painted the wrong way round in it's most tricky. cases. Yeah, it is a tricky one. As far as glow effects go, uh, I would actually say do not ever discount just careful uh, dry brushing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because, well, because the think... hardest thing with glow effects is getting getting lighter towards the middle or on the raised bits. That happens as a matter of course with dry brushing, and also it doesn't look flat. So rather than glazing or something like you get tidal marks or flat painting if you've got balls of steel, um, you, you can get there with airbrushing. But I'd, I'd knock that down with a glaze, mm. and then I'd go up again with dry brushing. And That's what I'd sort of say. You just do a glaze, a very thin wash of the colour where you want it. Um, just to tint it, and then you just dry brush the edges in the in the sort of the colour if it's blue or yellow or whatever. And the new Citadel dry paints are really good for that. Yeah, have it coming out. Uh, have the the glow effect spanning less distance than you would think as well. Yeah. You can always expand it. You can't shrink it once you paint it. Less is more. Yeah, less is definitely yeah. more as far as that goes. That's a good question, though. Um, so who we got next? Trim controls. Please talk glazes and mediums. Glaze medium done. <laughs> <laughs> glazes and mediums. Oh yeah. Well, I don't use retarder medium or anything like that. Uh, some paint ranges come with them pre-mixed. So scale seventy-five. One of the reasons it's so fancy and technical is because it's pre-retarded, pre-mediumed, um, all of the jazz, and that means it's workable for longer and it's less opaque when it dries. Uh, note, it's shit for undercoating for that reason. Um, I use glaze medium from Vallejo. I've heard good things about Lamium medium. Do you guys use any others, or do you have anything to add on? That's on the two I use. I Lamium and glaze. Don't Vallejo. forget that water's fine for for normal paint thinning. I don't. Yeah. Like I find I did it when I did that little blend video. Um, that I usually I, I sometimes use medium if I'm doing like a big model. Yep. But I tend to stay away from it because I actually want the paint to dry fairly quickly, yeah. the way I'm doing it. Definitely. So it's sort of understanding what you want and what's good for it. The only thing I use, I use Lamia Medium for filling down GW washes um, to do several coats rather than one. And I really would not use water in the washes because you get that graying. Um, and what I like about Lamia Medium is it doesn't have a tint to it, so it's clear. The problem with glaze medium is it's milky. <laughs> yeah. So when you put that into a wash, the wash becomes milky, so it's harder to see what the actual wash looks like without the medium drying. When it's dried, you don't have that milkiness. But no, when you're but it's when mix. you're putting it on, you don't know what it looks like, which is the issue I have. Um, the um, But generally, like to be honest, like glaze medium's fine, um, especially awesome. if you're doing stuff that is less faffy, you don't really care. Um, water's fine, Lamia medium's good, but you don't need to use any of it. It's it's up to you, really. I'd yeah, 
I'd say if you're making the time I use glaze medium the most is when I'm making a custom mix of something and I want it to carry on behaving as I want it to. I realize that's a bit obscure, but if I'm making a custom wash or mix of inks and paints and water or anything like, uh, if my painting guides on element games, all the demons that I painted ever period, um, they were painted in a dipping style with pre-shading and dry brushing. And then I made a mix with colors and involved glaze medium for the final dip equivalent at the end. And it's really, really useful there. It makes it easier to put transparent things over larger areas without them fucking up. Um, mm. Really useful for that. Also, if, you, if you're trying to smooth out any, like the army painter washes, if I want to make them smoother or less uh, less opaque, I know they're not opaque anyway, but if I'm using them to like tint down recesses of armor on non-metallic metal or anything, I put glaze medium in with that, and that works really nicely. A dot goes a long way, and as Russ mentioned, uh, and it's more exaggerated if you get your ratios wrong, if you've got a lot of glaze medium in something, you can literally end up waiting uh, like double figures of hours plus for it to dry if it increases. So... Um, Bear in mind that if you're trying to do stuff fast, you better have other things to do on different bits of the models or other models to paint whilst the process is drying. Yeah. Cool. I think just just experiment. Yeah. You can actually the, use the thing is, as yeah. well. I think the thing is with anything, like even a paint range with a wash, with a medium, with whatever, different people have different opinions on it and it's what for works sure. for you. And it's the same when you watch someone do a painting technique. Like, the way that I blend didn't come about from someone saying, this is how I blend and me copying. It came about from me watching other people and what they do and then coming up my own way because it felt comfortable and natural for me. And it's always a very natural, organic process. So anything like media, like any product out there, there's so many, any range, just experiment. And you'll find that you'll like one more than the other. Definitely. Good time to experiment is when you put down your base coats. If you've got an interesting shape, put it down in a different way and then just paint over it again because you can. Same goes with the airbrush. Like if you're pre-shading, you can practice precision or anything like that on a, on a cool shape and then just cover it all over with black or, or whatever's going to be going on. Um, another one from Scrubby and Wells, uh, related to question number one. So I'll read out that first. What could GW do that they might actually do to greatly increase AOS sales players or etc especially in large markets i think we kind of covered that in his previous question but i think, well, I they think have... primarily is you just cater for a bigger audience yeah so the reason that things like magic and war machine are doing so well is because they're not only catering for casual gamers they're casual they're catering for um competitive play they're, they're organized to play well all of it it goes both ways their rule set is really really I, the AOS rules are fantastic. They're so approachable for everyone. And they got a start set of models that have actually gone backwards in terms of complexity if you compare them to Island of Blood. So Island of Blood was just a fucking masterclass in what you can do with maximum four-piece models. Then you've got the uh, Celestin on Dracoth from uh, the AOS starter. That's got 18 pieces. Mm. That's, that's stupid. Like, straight away there, you sit down a little kid and their parent Neither of them have there ever done a hobby. Is They've that the target audience for that set? Um, well, look at the rule set. Like you sit down, I don't know, someone like someone in their teens, uh, early teens, and their dad who's never done hobbying or parent or whatever. Uh, those rules can be understood and can be played by someone of that age easily, especially with people being 
more adept at computer games and stuff like that now. The mechanics make more sense than they ever have for a modern audience. And then you've got this kit that's got 18 pieces and they got to use polycement for, like, when they used to have Assault on Blackreach, which had, like, peg-fit models that were still incredible, I find it weird that they've gone that way. Like, if they have any one thing that should be targeting... Uh, don't like, you limit your sales, though? Because if you were... If yeah. you were basically... Because you've got a load of people who are gamers anyway that might buy the set because they just want the models to expand to their collection. Did you choose yeah. to not buy Island of Blood because the models were shit? They're not shit. They're really exactly. good. They? That's, what, that's what I mean. Unless I misunderstood what you said. Like they, they weren't limited by the fact that they weren't just standard GW kits with 20 bits. They were <laughs> like a triumph of modern design. They're fucking magic. Mm. Um, and very much doubt that they needed to have models with as many pieces as they do in um, in the starter set. Like, your starter set is your gateway game, and fundamentally there are issues with the gateway game where it's less approachable by less people. But I can't uh, find an age-recommended range on it. Normally 12 up, isn't it? Most of us got 12 up on the on the packaging. So like, I'm looking at the blister I've got for my Velexor banner, and it's got 12 up on the Oh, uh, yeah, side. Light Kings have got 12 plus on them as well. Um, I think that's the GW standard was 12 yeah. and up. Um, the uninitiated into the hobby industry, I think they've... I think, personally, that's the biggest thing. Because if you were to have that in a Tesco's or whatever, it's just... It requires too much assembly. And it's not like they haven't proved in the past that they can do incredible things to models that have got barely any pieces. They, they are a model company, though. Yeah. So, so you, you kind of, like, it's, it's sort of going to one way or the other. Like, I don't think the models in the Age of Sigmar starter set are too complicated. I think that Drakoth is. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 think, I think the Drakoth is for a 12-year-old, definitely. 100%. But then it's kind of like, you, if you had a set that was simpler, and then the kid goes, oh, I'm going to buy my model to add to my set, and then they get it and they go, what, what is this? It's really complicated. You've you've at least eased them in with something where they get the concept of of popping mm. stuff together. Like, I'm, I'm not so sure. I, I think I I don't. I kind of like the fact the models are a bit more. Mm, I, yeah. I, don't know. I I I think at the end of the day, if you're going to get into the hobby, a big part of it is the models and the model kits are what they are. I mean, if you're not going to handle it, I mean, you know, if you're not if you can't handle the set starter set, you're not going to be able to handle any other kit, so... I uh, I disagree. I think you're intimidating people who may realise how much they like the game, so then, I mean, you're talking about like, younger people here, like, if it's really crappy and hard to put together, you might never give the game's rules a chance and just give up on it, and that isn't that isn't what you should be doing for your, uh, your gateway purchase. And it's not like, I've said it a lot of times, but it's not like Island of Blood you thought, god, these models are awful. They're some of the best models I've ever made. Yeah, but conversely, when you got into the rules... Yeah, exactly. So yeah. that's that's irrelevant. Well, it's not because it's another part of that starter set. So now you're saying how Iron the Blood, but Iron the Blood. I'm just talking about the models. Right. Like okay. If they took AOS rules and put them with Island of Blood esque models, um, that would make a lot of sense. Whereas they've never popped the two of them together. They had a rule set that was really intimidating for a 12 year old, and models that a 12 year old could put together without glue. And now they've got a rule set that everyone can read and everyone can understand, and they've Stepped backwards in terms of making the models too complex. I don't. Oh, I, I don't think it's that big a jump. I the complexity I, in the models. Mm, I disagree. But is I've had this chat with a lot of people, and as someone with 
a hand in another company. It's something we spoke about at length and I think is the biggest single failing of the AOS box set. Yeah, as a product, but I mean, as overall, like, as overall, what Games Watch could be doing, I, obviously the obvious thing is, is catering for a bigger target audience. Yeah. And where they yeah. say, where they basically, obviously we know that some people involved in the design studio have got a bugbear about tournament gamers or competitive play, and they've moved away from gaming and they've said, oh, we're a models company, but you're called Games Workshop. <laughs> you know, the game, the clue is in the name. And I think, I mean, we've we've talked about this before, but basically they I think rules. at the end of the day, the effort of actually having a tighter rule set is minimal, the, or even updating, or having a, an event, a competitive event, the effort of actually coming up with that framework isn't that much effort when you've got a community willing to do it for free. All you've got to do is basically slap your name on it, yeah. put it into put it into a document, and then and charge eighty there. quid a ticket. And then, well, not even not even a tournament. I'm talking about just a PDF. Ah, right, okay. Tournament rules, PDF for free. That if you're a, if you're a normal casual gamer, you probably won't even know they exist or never look at them. But if you're a competitive gamer, you it gives you that framework. And the danger is they're almost reliant on in terms of the competitive gaming side or the tournament side. And it's not even. I'm not when I say competitive. I don't mean it's win at all costs and we're all mean and we're bad sportsmen. I mean people who want a universal set for constructing armies to meet up and play with their friends. Yeah, and also we want to go to events, look at other people's nice armies, and play games, but with a purpose and with a with a sort of some sort of ranking of how well you've got on in your games um, and have some awards. That's what we've been doing for years. That by basically saying you've got to do it yourselves, guys. I know for a fact from the independent tournament scene that if they had actually come out off the bat with those kind of competitive applicable rules with army selection criteria, you wouldn't have lost 60 to 70% of your gate oh, at every tournament. The, the fallout you would have lost about huge. 20 to 30%. The fallout has been huge. I mean, I've, I have a real personal bugbear about this and have rang them up in person as an owner of a store that sells a lot. Of, uh, of Games Workshop product and there's a four month period where they could have gained thousands of pounds worth a week from us uh, if there was something out there to just start the ball rolling I mean you're allowing haters to hate and this group of fucking nerds on the internet anyway who love nothing more than a good bitch and to go sideways into another game uh, they've lost market share in that process and the system is awesome they could have just started the ball rolling and left people to it um that's a real, yeah. It's a big one. Uh, I think the scene will pick itself up, but it's had to do just that. It's had to pick itself up. Just um, seems like unnecessary damage. Yeah. To, yeah, to a thriving community that's been basically butchered by we, just, just lack of a care, really. Yeah. With games like Infinity out there as well, uh, I've got, like, I've seen the raw stats in terms of people don't stop gaming, they change games. So, uh, in doing that, you're you're just diluting diluting the love of a pretty dedicated audience. Yeah, and I think that's lazy for me. I just think it's lazy. Um, I've heard all the arguments. I've talked to people who work there, and they come up with their own spin on it, why they don't, and all the rest of it to their own justification. But at the end of the day, it's going to affect me more because that's I'm that part of that group. Yep, and I feel that. You know, the fact that I feel like a little bit like I've been pooed on. I know (laughs) I haven't, but I feel a little bit like, 
why I mean it's it's looking like I'm gonna have to put a significant portion of my time into coming up with some sort of rule set for tournaments to be able to actually run. But it's like why you know I'm not saying we didn't comp before, but at least we had a starting point. Yeah, at least start the ball rolling. I think people are willing to go a long way for a company that looks like it does give at least half a shit about attempting to start on the road towards having a, a universal system. But uh it requires a lot for people to sight themselves. If they'd done that, then people wouldn't be playing Ninth Age right now for ETC, yeah. as a perfect example. Yeah. And, and you know, the fact that Ninth Age even exists is because of what GW did, basically. Definitely. I think we've kind of answered the second question that I was going to ask from Scrubby and Wells there, which is, related to number one, what are the biggest things that GW does that you think hurts their ability to grow the support for AOS? So definitely covered that. Um, Terry Robertson, at Facehammer, if any of you have played the Tomb Kings in AOS, what do you think some of their standout synergies and war scrolls are? Is the answer to that one, go back and listen to episode number X? Yeah, go listen to the Clash show, because I played Tomb Kings. Um, they, I haven't touched on the Cetra multiple spam attack thing, but we touched on that in the Steve uh, Follows interview. Uh, and I think we even touched on it in the Blood and Glory show. Yeah, um, and it's being comped out now anyway. Yeah, I mean, the it's still good, though. Yeah. I would say it's been comped out, it's just been... It's, not it's been made viable, not <laughs> not game-endingly stupid. Um, but basically, standout unit is Necropolis Knights, Necrosphinx. Um, Look for keywords that share and protect your heroes. Yeah, there isn't really much. I mean, you could <laughs> take there isn't really much to protect heroes, but <laughs> scenery. Um, yeah, scenery. Yeah. Um, I would say that your um, the unit, like for example. There's lots of units in the War Scrolls that have uses. I mean, Carrion are really quite useful because they, they can't really be attacked until you want them to. Um, depends on what, if you're playing under a comp system or you're just playing out the book as well. Like if you're just playing out the book, you're just playing do what you want, then anything's good because you can take as much as you want of it, you know, whatever. Um, there, there's plenty of talk about it on the, the class show, but cool. let's see. I might revisit them at some point. So I think we've answered Jeffrey Egan's question, which is, you guys have touched on this before, but how long until the UK AOS tourney scene accepts Grand Alliances? If TOs opened up those floodgates tomorrow, what new projects would you do? We spent a show talking about that. Everyone should open up the floodgates. Armies aren't going to get worse. Some will get more balance that needs to be in terms of access to shooting or whatever. And dilution. motivation to rebase my Nurgle army for a start. Okay, everyone should do it because we want to see Russ's army on round bases. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm adding Blight Kings, some Skaven, um, and a few other little bits of chaos. So I'll probably add an Archeon in and some Varangard as well. Yeah, so. I, I really like the Varangard. I think um, they 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 do fill a gap in the warrior army. They do so much damage. The fact you can do attack twice in one turn can see taking lances and going in and shoot attacking twice with your double with your rend minus two is going to be really really good yeah especially if you're playing against temple guard yeah, yeah temple guard yeah horrible horrible things 
Cool. That's all the questions. Uh, one thing I did want to uh, touch on is uh, Stonemark has said that's presuming its growth is being hurt. The scene is definitely on the increase. Uh, yeah, I think it's bouncing back now, but I think the, the, the hit of damage from the original release was unnecessarily harsh. Definitely. Um, well, I, I see daily stats on how it's growing, and it's not people playing ninth age, so all the all the haters can carry on doing that. Some of it is, but the amount of sales of specific to, items just to be honest, most people me. playing ninth age have probably already got armies, and if they exactly. if they were going to play with armies, they're, they're the sort of people that wouldn't don't want to splash out on models anyway. In my opinion, I assume. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the scene is definitely growing uh, as a fact. I won't put on numbers here, but as a proportion. Uh, we've seen a jump of about a third in the last couple of weeks. So the scene is on its way, and uh, I think it's only going to go up. Come, I think post South Coast will will pretty much be there, and then this time next year, everything will be hunky dory, and we'll have a load of new blood as well, which is always nice. Yeah, I think that's it's the best thing. I mean, for whatever, I mean, I'm sure GW have got had a plan of why they decided to do that, but. Um, I mean, for me, like that's one of the things that frustrates me a little bit, and and probably find one of sort of the bounce back is people now have more of a clear picture of where the game's going. Whereas when they first released the starter set, it was like, what is this? Are they going to release a book, a full rules book next week? I mean, do we know? And then it's, are they going to update the rules? Are they going to release a tournament pack? Uh, and there were so many question marks hanging over the whole thing. And it wouldn't have taken much just for GW to release a statement to say this is our intention of this product. I think as soon as a couple of key relate races, particular orcs, um, yeah. have come out and, and people see that, they'll be steady in in their knowledge, just as you were talking about there, with where things are going and what's happening. So orcs and dwarves, and we've seen that dwarves might be sooner on the horizon than we thought, uh, that'll give a lot of people some reassurance as to exactly what's going on. And I think that'll make a big difference. Yeah, definitely. But I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't want to sound overly negative. I mean, we've, 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 we're all back, playing it. We're all playing it, and I actually want to play. I want to be playing, AO, you know, AOS, and I'm enjoying it. Um, so it's not like I'm saying, oh, you know, I'm really down on it. Screw you, GW, and all this. I'm actually still really having a lot of fun. I just, um, it's just part of me would love to have. You know that that extra side in it, and I know it's probably not going to happen, but you know it's, it's wish listing in a way. But uh, yeah, I'm still excited. I mean, I wouldn't have bought a Stormcast army if I wasn't loving it. So, so it's what it is. Thank you. On that slightly positive note, I think that's everything. Isn't <laughs> slightly it? positive, yeah. It was that positive. <laughs> is there anything else that people want to talk about? I'm not going to say how much does get a 75, but I've been painting using it. For the last few hours, I've and still I not given it. them a proper good go. Fucking right. love it, so good. No, I think that's that's about wraps things up. But um, I'm quite looking forward to um, to getting some uh, paint on the uh, on the Stormcast and and playing at Sheffield with the Grand Alliances. So I'm quite looking forward to all of that. Definitely. If anyone paints an Archeon, please at us. I want to see it. Yeah, yeah, we want to see your Archeons. And if you haven't watched the GDW how-to video or hour and a half of it, do it. Because it's fantastic. Yeah, I've watched it. Yeah. It's good. But, yeah. Right. Beautiful. Thanks very much. Right. Later. That was good. <laughs>